Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. And thank you once again to coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. Uh, appreciate uh, you coming back uh, after uh, the Thanksgiving break, and I hope everyone had a uh, a great break uh, and a happy Thanksgiving uh, over that time. Uh, tonight we are going to be talking about a number of things. Of course, a lot going on as usual. Uh, we'll be begin by uh, discussing who will be, or at least who we'd like to. Like to be at least and discuss uh, the next attorney general. Uh, Trump taking some time on that, and I have my own thoughts uh, and speculations on why that is. Um, I, I'm not much for speculation, but I think uh, the reason for that is we'll discuss later. <laughs> I'll bring that up, I promise. Uh, and I tell you what, I did a little poll on Facebook, and I'm still getting uh, some returns on. We'll discuss that later. Perhaps we even have some callers. Uh, other calls from Facebook coming in, uh, and I wish I'd let uh, you have more folks that you can line up in this poll that I put out there, but it only allow you two people, and I just thought, well, let's put two people who I think would be the most opposite for attorney generals, and that was uh, Trey Gowdy and Chris Christie, and I'll uh, be going over those results uh, later on in the show on this topic. Uh, so, you know, there's a number, thanks to Dr. Tolbert, who sent me a um, an article, uh, which we'll read with some of the other contenders. Uh, we'll also uh, discuss some of the people who, uh, those on Facebook who replied uh, on who they would like to see uh, be the uh, Attorney General. Uh, so we'll hear from uh, some of that as well. And then, of course, uh, we have the other topics, such as, you know, what's going down at the border. Uh, with the invasion, invaders uh, or who are not getting asylum, but uh, those who listen to the show pretty much already know that. And, of course, uh, we're going to talk about the, the liberal meltdown uh, associated with that and uh, other topics uh, that we'll go. And, of course, we'll get uh, some of the articles that you hear from tonight from the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, where you can get the articles there as well as uh, my ongoing campaign uh, to send my daughter to Italy. Uh, time's uh, getting short. I have to have everything in by February, but that's again, is something we can uh, uh, bring up later, and I, I'm hoping to be able to have some time and do some promo on that. Uh, but let's go ahead and do see the callers lining up. And so I'd uh, like to uh, get them in. And I've got my own, uh, my own thoughts on who I would like to see as uh, the Attorney General. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and get our friends in from Hawaii. And the first one we've got up here is uh, our good friend Joseph. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
Pleasure to be on. Uh, the last time I was on the show was a week prior to the uh, midterm elections. So uh, forgive me if I uh, can uh, opine just a little bit because I never uh, had the opportunity to do so. But great to be on the show. There, go ahead. We don't we don't mind. We got plenty of time. Well, you know, um, I know this is going to come with harsh criticism, um, but this is the way I feel. We're talking about a Democratic Party with uh, no true messaging, no platform, uh, a Democratic Party that espouses fascism, communism, and socialism, and they were able to successfully take the House back from the Republicans. Now, I asked myself over and over again, when they lost in 2016, they uh, received the, one of the biggest setbacks in, in almost 100 years of uh, losing all across the board in governorships at the state level and also, uh, you know, at the, at the House and the, the, the Senate level. And I have to ask myself over and over and again, um, you know, look, being the president is not an easy job. It's, it's not easier said than done. And we all know there's a lot of politics and bureaucracy behind it. And yes, no, not, not everything the president does is, is his fault. And, you know, there's certain things he can't control. However, President Trump did choose by his own volition to be the freeder of the, uh, the free leader of the world. And with that comes the responsibility. He had the House. He had the Senate. And I know I'm going to have a lot of people argue, well, the Republicans didn't want to collaborate or they didn't want to get this done with them or they fought them. Regardless, his job is to unite the party and get them to toe the line. If you look back at George W. Bush's first term, why was he so successful in being able to enact a lot of the, the things that he wanted to see get done is because he had the full collaboration of his party. Now, I don't agree with a lot of things that George W. Bush did, but his, uh, you know, it was kumbaya with the party. And you have to have that to be successful. Now, I remember President Trump touting, I'm a businessman, I'm a negotiator. You know, when I become president, I'm going to be able to make these deals and get people to do this and that. Okay, fine. We gave him two years. And the party, with no face, with no messaging, with no platform that has nothing to go on except for abolishing ICE, espousing communism and socialism, was able to take back the House. And of all things, Nancy Pelosi is once again our new majority leader. Now, sorry, but if we give President Trump the pass and give every excuse as of, well, he couldn't control this and that, then we're no better than what they did with President Obama for eight years, because that's what Obama did for eight years was make excuses. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry, President Obama, you chose to be the free leader of the world. Along with it comes all the red tape, all the bureaucracy. And, uh, you know, I, I see it the same way with President Trump. I'm sorry, you chose this position Along comes the consequences. You are the leader of the party, and you failed. In your first two years, you lost the House to another party, as I mentioned, the aforementioned, and, and that is just absurd. That's why the rest of the world is laughing at us. They're saying the party of socialism defeated Donald Trump and Republicans? 
the party of communism defeated them? You mean the same party that has no messaging, that has no platform? Yes, it's a shame. Believe me. And I have nothing against President Trump. I am, I am merely spec- saying this, you know, judging him on his record, on his professional record in office. And I'm sorry, but, you know, success is when you don't lose the house to a party like the Democratic Party like the Socialist Party, like the people of, of the caliber of uh, Cortez, can't even name the three branches of government, and yet she got elected. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, too many people have given the pass to, to President Trump, and a lot of what they said about Obama, oh, you know, it's not his fault, you know, no, 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 I'm sorry. You chose this position. you got to pull up your pants and accept the responsibility whether it's circumstances you can control or not, because that's the job you chose. And at the end of the day, we lost the House, and our leader of the party, Donald Trump, it falls on Donald Trump at the end of the day. And that is how I feel. And I'll be darned. No one is going to convince me otherwise. They can filibuster me, Robert, from dusk to dawn. You know I am very very strong-minded when I believe something, and I hold strong to my convictions. I gave Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt, and I even said many times on the show, the litmus test of his first two years will all be determined on whether he holds the House and the Senate, and he failed. Well, a couple things on that. Um, I in part agree with you, in part, I think it goes beyond you know, you know, just Donald Trump. I mean, a couple things. One is that he did stay, you know, they did make gains in the Senate. Uh, you know, two is that, uh, and yeah, I mean, he, he could, he did, he didn't bring. Let me address that. He didn't bring the party together. Uh, I know I thought, and maybe we were wrong, but I mean, and it only didn't happen, in my opinion, that the party was brought together until this whole Kavanaugh debacle. You know, because you had, uh, you know. A, the Bush appointee, you know, being lambasted, and then of course the per- and it's the per- it happens to be the person Trump picked. So he actually had the Trump wing of the Republican Party and the what some would say the establishment uh, of the Republican Party or the Bush Republicans, you know, actually coming together, uh, you know, to, to get uh, Kavanaugh, uh, you know, confirmed. And so that for at least a time uh, brought the Republicans together. And all, but. You know, I, I don't think I think there's so many Republicans that hate still hate Donald Trump because I feel like they think you know he didn't go through the ranks in order to become the president. You know, he didn't do what the others you know did. You know, move, moving up uh, to get in that position. I think that still drives a lot of Republicans, especially those uh, who would be considered establishment crazy. Um, you know, I I've been I you know I get that I in part do blame Trump you know there's some things certainly that he could have done uh, long term uh, you know especially with I mean I don't I still don't say he shouldn't tweet but you know some of the things that you know he kind of stepped on his own or put you know put himself in his own way but that you know that just giving the media fodder who I mean I really that's who I put a lot of the responsibility on square the shoulders because with the media and the voters. I mean, we had an episode, I think, right after the election uh, that said, you know, bipolar America. I mean, how in one year, 2016, you know, yeah, Hillary Clinton supposedly won the popular vote. But how, I mean, in 2016, 
you vote for Trump, and I'm talking district by district. I mean, there are some districts that uh, voted for Trump that flipped and uh, voted for the uh, the Democrat running in their district. Uh, and so I'm like, well, how do you go from voting for Trump one year, you know, and then just two years later? You vote for the Democrat. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, I know they say political memory is the shortest memory there is. I mean, but, but that's ridiculous uh, to go, uh, you know, just in two, in two years to flip like that. I mean, these are these are districts that went Trump uh, that end up going to, uh, for the Democrat. Now, what caused that? What's the reason? Is it that Trump really couldn't bring the party together, uh, or maybe that a lot of the folks who are out there, you know? We're, we're we're manipulated by the media. Is the way I see it. Um, I don't I don't know. And let me, let me bring it back to you. And we got we got plenty of time to go through all, all these and get other calls. And uh, Kavika, we'll get you in. Um, but let me ask you this: I mean, what and what what could have Trump done to bring the Republican Party together in a way that would have been uh, enabled the Republicans to keep the House? I honestly think from the very beginning, from when he got inaugurated, if he would have checked his ego and realized that his accomplishments as a business person uh, is is a different beast than animal as being a, an elected leader, I honestly think if he would have checked his ego, he would have bit his tongue and, yes, compromised his pride and and did some things that other presidents have had to do, succeeded in doing that wasn't easy, I honestly think he could have brought the party together. But Donald Trump's biggest, biggest enemy has always been his ego. And that's fine because it has worked to his advantage in the business world. But as I told many people when he was running in the 2016 elections, the political arena is a different beast. And it's a beast that Donald Trump thought he knew, and the outcome of these midterm elections is the litmus test and proof in the pudding that he didn't. It's two different worlds. He thought it was going to be the same, but it wasn't. I think if he would have um, – I agree with you. You know, He broke the ranks. He did the unthinkable. He didn't kiss the ring of the godfather of the establishment, but I think that the establishment Republicans would have – Put that under the bridge, water under the bridge, because they knew once he got inaugurated, okay, nothing we can do to reverse that if he would have checked his ego. His ego is his biggest um, enemy, and that's something he's still not able to do to today. It's almost like President Obama. President Obama has an ego to this very day, and look what it did to the party. It cost him losses even to the point of 2014 where the Republicans took the House and the Senate. And I remember Obama famously said, a vote for me is a vote for the Democratic Party to uh, retain the Senate and the House. And he sunk the party because he didn't care. It was his ego that mattered because if it was anyone else, they would have never said those words that pretty much said – if you vote for the Democrats to remain in power, you're voting for me. And that's what I honestly know that's what President Trump could have done. 
And the fact that, and I've, I've told this to many colleagues, the first thing he should have done after they lost the house was he should have got up to that podium and he should have said, you know what, this loss is on me. And I'm going to spend the next two years and doing everything to regain the house. Own it. Instead, he went out there parading, oh, well, we gained all these seats in the Senate. I knew he was going to do that problem. Owning it would have been a better way because it would have showed people, oh, okay, he's willing to admit when he loses. He's not a sore loser. And it would have maybe given the establishment Republicans a little bit of the confidence they needed to say, maybe we can bring a little bit of perspective to President Trump for the next two years. But he didn't own it. He made it as, as though as this was a big victory for Republicans, and it, and it wasn't. It wasn't. And I was very disappointed in that. And once again, it's showing me that he has not learned from his mistakes. He's going to do the same thing Obama did. Obama did not learn from his mistakes. He just kept on perpetuating him. The only difference is Trump continues down this line, I guarantee you, he will not be reelected as Obama did in 2020, and I'll leave it uh, at that for now, Robert. Well, and then we'll go ahead and um, bring uh, Kabika in, and then we have Suzette. Uh, and then if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in Kabika. Thank you very much, Kabika, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm great, and I hope everyone had a happy and a safe Thanksgiving and a uh, safe Black Friday. Thanksgiving was okay. You know, a few weeks ago, I probably would have went to tried anything in my power to strangle Joe for what he just said, but he's right. Trump had to own. It. Trump needs to. Uh, President Trump definitely needs to own it. If he would have showed that humility, say, you know, this is my fault. This is my loss. I'll take it. But I guarantee, in 2020, we're gonna we're gonna win. And we're going to win big. And then, you know, extrapolate that message. I would have been, yeah, okay, you own it. But telling people you won the Senate, yeah, that's great. But, man, the Democrats have nothing to run on, and yet they won. A crazy old Cortez is a congresswoman. I call, okay, pardon my language, but uh, Ilman, oh, was it Ilhan Oman in Minnesota, uh, uh, someone I call her the brother fucker, she is in Congress. Whoa, no F-bombs, please. We don't do F-bombs here, man. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But uh, you got these crazy whack jobs who just want Congress. And, you know, know, Republicans are saying, no, we want a victory in the Senate. So what? He didn't really win anything. But I do disagree that, you know, Trump will win in 2020 regardless. There's no one strong who can beat him. There's absolutely not one. Do you think, let's just say, Stacey Abrams or uh, Beto O'Rourke are going to win in Texas, Tennessee, or any of these places if they're anti-Second Amendment, pro-socialist ideologies? Absolutely not. But uh, back to that, yeah. You know, Republicans, they have to do some soul searching. And Trump's biggest mistake, and I shared this with some uh, this already, is that uh, first and foremost, he should have fired Jeff Sessions the second he said, I'm recusing myself from this. Okay, you're fired. He should have met with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell in secret and said, if you try to screw me in any way, shape, or form, I'll bury you. He should have, he should have rose up and showed that power. He should have said, I will bury you if you, if you go against me. We need to work together. I made a promise, and I have to fulfill this, and I need your help. 
if they didn't agree to that. McConnell did uh, to a certain extent. Ryan, no, he showed I'm the renegade. I'm the uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna go against the president. No, I don't believe that. He should have got, got somehow got rid of him. You know, it, you know, there's yeah, a, there's he, a lot. He should have got rid of him, uh, you know, a long time ago. Um, you know, you know, but, you know, but he didn't. But of course, I think the reason he didn't there was a lot of political pressure on him not to. And actually, and I and I'll come up with uh, what I was saying earlier is why I think that he hasn't gotten a um, a replacement for him yet, or you know, someone to really be in the seat, so to speak. Is uh, I think he's just like you know what he's been burnt by so many people who uh, you know he's had in the administration. I don't. I think he don't really know who to trust. That's what I think. Exactly. I think he wants to try to find somebody he can trust, and he's like, crap. I I I don't know. I mean, he thought he can. I mean, he thought he could trust Sessions. I mean, Sessions was an early staunch supporter of mm-hmm. of, you know, of Trump, and then once he gets in there, he pulls that shenanigans, and then he has uh, now this guy. I can't believe he trusts. He should never trusted. Uh, and I mean, I know why he did it. But uh, Rince Pubis, I mean Rince Priebus, um, that's kind of a little joke that we have for 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 <laughs> Rince. Uh, it's Rince Pubis, but. Because uh, we don't, we, well, a lot of people here just didn't like him. But anyway, uh, I mean, as his chief of staff, I mean, I understand politically why he did it. And you see, he didn't last very long. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but he, he just doesn't know who to trust. And, and that's one of the things that's disgusting tonight is uh, who can he really trust? I mean, on, on the post I put, you know, Trey Gowdy, which I'm kind of like, eh, I'm even a little iffy on Trey Gowdy, but, you know, again, I, uh, the a uh, poll I did on Facebook would only allow me to do two people. So I know there were some uh, things bumping around uh, about Chris Christie. And then we also have, um, you know, of course, you know, some people even and the reason I brought up Trey Gowdy is actually a lot of people were uh, touting perhaps, you know, even when Trump was, you know, you had to decide who is uh, people were going to be uh, that his name was flying around a lot prior to even sessions, you know, getting it. So, you know, shortly after the elections, they're saying, you know, maybe some person saying, oh, Gowdy, Gowdy, what about him? So I put him in our poll, which is interesting. But between the two, at least as of right now, um, Gowdy is crushing it. Uh, it 93% of the vote over Chris Christie. Now, of course, you know, take it as you may, um, but he's, he's winning 93% over Chris Christie, 7%. Uh, and uh, this poll I have on Facebook, um, again, it, it kind of doesn't surprise me, but um, you know, maybe the next poll I put in there be you know some different people, but um, I I don't like the idea of Chris Christie. That maybe why I, one of the reasons why I put the the thing there. I want to see what other people thought, and apparently they much rather uh, have Gowdy there. But let's go ahead and uh, we'll bring things back around again. We got plenty of time because um, after we get uh, to that, and I want to get uh, you know everyone's uh, thoughts on who the um, you know, who they think would be a good AG for him. I mean, I'm still even, uh, you know, but um, so I'm just reading some posts in the chat. There's somebody who, you know, don't like my, my post uh, about, but I guess I'll address it. Cause I mean, I haven't had people say something to me at work is uh, I went to, uh, as you notice, one of the pictures I've been having a couple of times is, you know, the American distress signal uh, with uh, the flag upside down. I was uh informed that someone thought it was in bad taste. And then I also had people at work saying, oh, uh, you're offending some people. They didn't say offending, but, you know, they, you know, they said, uh, 
uh, basically some people are getting upset about it. And I mean, I just removed the flags at work and I'm not going to mess around with things there, but, um, mm. but that's how I feel. I mean, I'm, I'm putting it out there that that's how I feel about where we're at right now in the country, especially with what you just pointed out. Uh, not, not that long ago. I mean, and I don't really blame, I mean, I blame Trump to a point. I don't think it's square full square, fall squarely on Trump's shoulders. Uh, Joseph, I, I believe in part, I'm sure it's his fault, certainly. But I think it, it's mm-hmm. more than that. I think it's Trump. I think it's the, the media. I think it's the people who only you know pay attention to places like CNN, and they're so inundated. I mean, that's why that we mm-hmm. had the one episode saying bipolar America. I mean, how the hell do you vote for you know Trump? I mean, because as I said, bipolar, because uh, some of these districts voted for Trump, and then they turned around and voted for the Democrat. Um, and so uh, how does that happen? You know, just I mean, either that or could instead of it being bipolar, I guess maybe in the defense of them, you know, the, those voters, is that maybe it also shows how much people hated Hillary Clinton. Maybe the vote was more about Hillary, you know, people not liking Hillary Clinton than you know how much they like Trump. I think, I mean, I don't really subscribe to that, but I think there, that in part is there. But anyway, you know, with the mics on, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, bring in Suzette, uh, think, and then we'll bring it uh, to you. Um, Joseph and Nukavika and, uh, and who you guys think would be a good uh, uh, good uh, Attorney General but let's go ahead and uh, bring in Suzette. Thank you very much Suzette for coming to the show How are you? Hi Robert, thank you for taking my call uh, I'm doing well, thank, thank you. you And you <laughs> are doing okay I suppose <laughs> um, Trump uh, He had a rough time during the campaign Not only did, was media calling him a clown but uh, the Republicans were also against him 100% at that time. Uh, if you recall, Obama, during his election, the man could walk on water. Um, so as far as a tough time, and that was because of the Congress. And, but he had, Obama had the House and the Senate the first two years of his presidency. And so as far as that goes, um, Congress themselves really didn't do anything except for the health care bill, and that was because Obama had that put together by other people, not Congress, and then also the TPP that was also done in secret and um, was was going to get voted on or was voted on in Congress, but nevertheless, it was um, Obama that had initiated that and had that done in secret where Congress didn't even know what was going on with that. Um, towards the, after he got the nomination, he had Republicans saying that they were going to hold a convention or a, a convention of the state because they were not going to let him become president. Then after he did become president, a year before the midterm elections, he had 30 Republicans that had said they didn't want to work with him as president, and so they were going to resign or retire. And so we had those seats gone on top of incumbents keeping their seats in this last election. So, yes, while we did lose the House, it was um, almost a no-win situation anyway. We do need better candidates, um, definitely there, because there's nobody running. <laughs> there were a lot of incumbents that had just basically showed up and had won by default because we didn't have anybody to uh, run against them, which is ridiculous. That shouldn't happen. Um, as far as um, uh, what else? Oh, we did the rhinos. Oh, and as far as the what? Trump has gotten done so far in the last two years. 
um, you know, with bipartisan or through Congress, through the House, Republicans was the right to try. Um, he got veterans their raise. Um, he called for an audit for the first time in history with the Pentagon because the Pentagon is mil- missing billions and trillions of dollars, and they have this huge budget. And so, where's the money going? They don't have to account for their money because of, they say, security reasons. So they don't keep receipts. They don't log money. And he said, okay, that's not going to happen. So we need to do an audit. So that was done. But the media doesn't report that. Um, just, you know, as far as the things that he's gotten done, this prison reform, bipartisan. Um, they're working on it, but it is so far bipartisan. And he signed, I, mean, I think it was a proclamation, but they're supposed to be passing a bill called the First Step. And that's huge. And then, of course, the people that he's pardoned, which didn't require Congress, but nevertheless, he's been busy. And the trade deals that he's gotten with the NAFTA, and that's changed over to a different name now. But um, And it didn't require Congress, but he's busy. He's doing things. He's bringing people to the table. Um, and he waited those countries out. People were saying, you're isolating us. They'll never come to the table. And then they did. And same with the UK. So, I don't know. I don't make excuses for him because I think that he could go about things a better way. <laughs> but as far as he's been up against a wall, a hard wall, <laughs> since he announced his presidency. Back to you, Robert. Well, yeah, and, and, and you know, again, he definitely had Republicans. I think some of those who even came you know, on board for a short period of time, you know, they're really not supporters. And I don't think they ever would, and I don't. I don't think they ever will. Um, I know there's a time where people are thinking, God, maybe Trump should run for a third party. Uh, we, we, un, you know, he wouldn't have won. <laughs> Hillary Clinton probably would have been president if that would have happened. Um, I just don't think um, uh, the nation is going to have a pre- third party president, you know, anytime soon. Um, I think it has things have to be more prevalent. I mean, it probably won't even happen in my li- uh, my first lifetime. It probably won't happen now, you know, maybe a hundred or, or so years from now when I'm thawed out and brought back, um, then perhaps, <laughs> then perhaps then, but who knows, maybe I'll wake up and be, uh, uh, unpleasantly surprised and find out where we, you know, the one world government went ahead and, and took over. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, um, Joseph on the, you know, attorney general, Oh, and at this point, you know, there's – and I got an article I, I may get to uh, on, you know, some of the picks or who, who were considered to be on the short list and why um, on who would be, uh, you know, possible picks for the AG. But I'd like to hear from uh, you folks first uh, before bringing things in from uh, those articles and, and even Facebook, my little Facebook poll I got going on. Uh, but who do you think would be a uh, – you think would be a good pick? And, again, well, one, you think that he would be able to uh, – to trust. I mean, I think that's going to be the hard part. Is who's Trump going to be able to trust? Uh, in all honesty, um, you know that is. Uh, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, he's had a lot of betrayals, and he's had a lot of uh, leaks. I, I think they said that the Trump presidency has had more uh, the most leaks than any other previous uh, administration. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's been betrayed, so he's at a point where totally valid. He doesn't know who to trust. But then once again, you know, it's the nature of the beast. You know, he signed up for the job. So, you know, all of this he should have definitely factored 
before he ran. And I give Suzette a lot of credit. Uh, thank you, Suzette, because, you know, Suzette, she comes out here and she speaks the truth. But Suzette, she, she, she gives credit where credit is due. But whenever credit is not due, she's not afraid to say it. Uh, and thank you, Suzette, for that. So, yeah, I agree with you, Suzette. It's, it's not all Trump. And like I said from the beginning, it never is. But unfortunately, you kind of take the fall. You kind of become the patsy when you're the free leader of the world, when you choose that, um, that position. Unfortunately, it's, it's always been that way with every other administration. If you fail, it's your fault. But if you succeed, you get all the accolades. You know, it's never going to be a two-way street. It never has been. It's never going to be a, a, a fair street. Um, one thing I wanted to bring was that, yes, Trump has uh, gone through a lot of unprecedented things that has, you know, stalled him from, from enacting what he wanted to. But also, yeah, he did go through a very brutal presidential primary, but we all can go back to 2007. So did President Obama and at the time Senator Hillary Clinton. It actually went down as the most brutal, vitriolic, uh, Democratic primary in presidential history, where you had two factions of the Democratic Party. You had the Blue Dog Democrat faction, which was the Hillary Clinton supporters, and you had the uh, what people didn't realize until Obama was elected, the left radical. And I'm going to tell you something. Going into that convention, the Democratic Party was very divided. The people who were loyal to Senator Clinton wasn't having it with Barack Obama. And it was actually Hillary Clinton who swallowed her pride. And on the convention floor, you know, instead of doing the roll call, instead of doing the roll call count, she said, you know, I just announced that, you know, we automatically – um, nominate President Obama as our as our nominee. I, I can't remember the exact words, but he has the the dele- he has he has the you know the enough uh, of the votes, or he won enough of the percentages that he had to win. And so yeah, you had a very brutal brutal primary where you know people liberals tend to forget who created the birther issue. Senator Hillary Clinton when she ran against Barack Obama. It was just as tough as it was with President Trump. And you had the party that was deeply divided, the Democratic Party. They were not kumbaya. So the point I'm really trying to get to, and then I'll get to Attorney General, is that to me, after eight years of Obama, you know, there's no excuse in the world to say just by my standards, well, you know, you went through a brutal presidential primary and your party. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You chose the job. That's what people are failing to realize. We made this mistake with Obama for eight years. You chose this job. If you did not truly know what you were getting into, then that is on you. That is on the person who chose to be the free leader of the world. And I'm sorry, by justifying and giving every excuse for Trump, we are no better than what we did for eight years with Obama because, yes, the media was always defending Obama. That's what the mainstream media did. But thank God we had an outlet called Fox News. And Fox News was the only true channel that defended the conservatives. And on top of that, yes, 
Republicans, what inspired the Tea Party movement, what inspired, you know, um, the support for Romney in 2012, what inspired the conservative revolution at the time was the referendum on Obama. Although the media covered for him, us Republicans, we did a good job in messaging. We did a good job in identifying, no, President Obama, your numbers don't add up. This economy is a failure. Pull up your pants, be a man, and stop blaming Fox and the whole world for your failures. And so at this point, I'm going to leave it at that with President Trump. He's going to have to pull up his pants, look himself in the mirror, or he's, he's nothing more than an Obama. Another Obama just in, in cloaked uh, in a different disguise because Obama did that for eight years, and I was so sick of it. And that is why I was so yearning in 2012 for Romney to win. And I'm going to be honest. Romney was not the best choice, but out of the lesser of the two evils, hands down, Romney was the better choice. Hands down. And so I really don't know at this point if Trump has any judge-making skills of who to choose. I, don't, I honestly don't think that he is surrounded by the best advisors. I honestly don't think he is. And I honestly don't, don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one, Robert. At this point, I'm just completely lost. I, I can't speculate. I can't even begin to say because at this point, there's been so many people he appointed and then so many people who have resigned or have been fired it makes you wonder at this point who is really leading this show it, because one would think if he was surrounded by advisors and knew what they were doing, is it that the advisors are telling him, President Trump, this is what you have to do, but behind closed doors, he's an ideologue like Obama who, you know, his best advisors told him what he had to do to win, what he had to do to help his party, but he ignored it. He refused. It was his way or the highway, but I don't know that. Is that what's going on? I wanted to get your input, Robert, or anyone else on the show. Could it be the same thing as Obama? His advisors were telling him, this is what you need to say to hold the Senate, to hold the House. And then he ignores it, and he just does what Obama does best. Is Trump really doing that behind closed doors, or is it a scenario where he's really not surrounded by advisors who know what the heck they're doing? He's definitely not surrounded by a James Carville, who after two years, hate him or love him, you got to give James Carville credit. He'll go down in history as one of the best political strategists because he told President Clinton after his first two years lost, President Clinton, this is what you need to do to win and stay in power. And President Clinton was never an ideologue. He was a pragmatist, and he followed the letter and he won in a landslide against Bob Dole because he was not like Obama. I remind people he was not an ideologue. He was a pragmatist, and he was very smart at the game. He played the game that James Carville told him he had to do. Now, I don't know what the scenario is. I don't think anyone really knows what the bottom line is. But it could, to me, it's either one or two scenarios. Either he's surrounded by incompetent strategists, or he's surrounded by the best, but at the end of the day, it's going in through one year and out another, as it did for eight years for President Obama. Well, 
Well, here, here's what I think on that, and then um, we'll uh, bring Kavika in, and then Suzette, and we'll get John on the line. We'll bring John in as well. Is uh, I mean, I don't know for the for the AG. I mean, I'll, by the end of the night, hopefully I'll have, you know, <laughs> who I think will be best. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think he really knows either. And uh, when you said in the beginning of your commentary there is, I mean, I don't. I think he was shocked when he got into the presidency. I mean, I personally, I think he might even been shocked that he won. Um, because all, everyone said he wasn't. I think he might have been shocked. I think he was like, you know, got to the White House. He's like, oh shit, this sucks ass, because everybody's against him. I mean, you know, not everybody, but most everybody. And who knows? Maybe everyone is. Um, you know, and, and so who, who do you trust? I mean, I don't know anybody. I mean, some people said, oh, but now Lindsey Graham. Maybe Lindsey Graham could be at AG. I don't think so. I don't think uh, Lindsey Graham would be. You know. Uh, a good AG for him. Uh, maybe, who knows? Maybe Ted Cruz would be a good AG for him. I don't think that would happen. Actually, at, at this point in time, that would be the person I would more likely would like to see be the AG would be Ted Cruz. Now, I really like him as a senator. I think he could, you know, you'd, I think he might, you may even do well as an AG, but he just got <laughs> reelected, you know, so I don't know if that would be in bad form for him to, you know, just get you know, just get reelected, and then be like, "Oh, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be uh, the senator anymore. I'm going to be the attorney general." Um, but I mean, at this point, I think that 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 may be my pick um, with that. And so, I mean, yeah, I think I mean, I don't I don't think Trump, you know, really understood exactly what he was getting himself into. I I, I don't I don't doubt that at all. And now, on the flip side, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't compare him with with Obama because I think it's two different kinds of knowledges that we're lacking. Um, I, I think that I think two things. I think Obama, where he he had the the government knowledge, but I think he didn't have the knowledge to lead. Okay, he he knew you know I think he had the knowledge of, of government. I just don't think he had, had the knowledge to skill to lead. Whereas with Trump, I think that it's the opposite. I think he, you know, he has the knowledge to lead and he has the skills to lead, but he does he doesn't have the political acumen uh, as let's say Obama. They're exact. I mean, think about it, they're exact opposite. I mean, Obama had oodles. I mean, seriously, if you can beat Hillary Clinton in your own party, you've got to have you got to be doing something right. You know, I mean, she's been their you know their darling for a long time. That the Democrats want it. Her in there for a very long time. Um, it's just, I think back uh, when she was running against them in 2008. I don't. I just don't think that. Uh, the <laughs> I just don't think the technology was there to to, to screw the game against Obama as it's as it is there today. Um, so they, they didn't have any way of, of rigging it, which I, I think that there's ways they could do that now. Um, so they, I mean, so yeah, he's certainly. Well, I mean, I said that for a long time. He certainly wasn't prepared for that, um, and I think he picked some of the wrong people uh, to be his advisors. And, and just with what you said, you know, people get indicted, people quitting, people leaving, things of that nature. And, and onto kind of what Suzette was saying is, I think, I think a lot of the insiders, the deep state, as people are calling it, are purposely in there trying to um, you know, set him up for failure. I mean, I had a guy at work. Who uh, is a, a liberal guy? Who I mean, he seems so pro-government. <laughs> He's like, oh well, you know, basically thinking, well, you know, 
well, we're having such problems because Trump wasn't a politician. Well, well, that's why Trump didn't. You know, Trump got elected in the first place. You, the the you know the people got tired of it. Now, again, it comes back to why I'm baffled about the midterm. Is that how can you know the same maybe probably even the same people vote for Trump? And and and, and I think a lot of people when they voted for Trump, they, they didn't vote for him because he's a Republican. Yeah, they, they they voted for him because either they hated Hillary Clinton, they you know they wanted to be a part of the movement, they were tired of the politics. Uh, but you know when I guess when a local boy or local girl comes, you know from the Democrat Party, maybe they're like, well, you know this is the local person, this is the person we heard of, this is the person we know, we're going to go ahead and vote for them. And you always heard the conventional wisdom, and they might have even had people saying, oh, it's good to have split government, it's good to have split government. So you know you, you know the Republicans have the uh, the House, so how many times have we preached? I mean, even Judge Napolitano, piece of crap, um, you know, was on a local radio station here. He's on every Wednesday, who was actually telling saying, Oh, yeah, I think it'd be a good thing if the Democrats took the House of Representatives. What are you freaking kidding me? Oh, yeah, I think it would put a balance to Trump. It's like, Are you an idiot? You know, it's just like you would stay with the law. Don't try to, you know, don't try to. You know, analyze politics. You know, stick stick with the law and 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 telling people about you know what this this means and that means when it is you know involved with that. Stay the hell out of politics because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Because seriously, I mean, we've had this pendulum swing. We've all heard of it, and then Kavika, I'm gonna get you in. And I do we've got other callers. We will get everyone in. But I mean, I mean, we've all heard about the pendulum, right? Oh my gosh, it swings one way and then it swings the other. Well, why the hell do you think nothing's ever gotten accomplished in this country in 40 years? We haven't been back to the moon, you know. We're we're on our way to finally getting things to uh, to Mars. It was actually a, a a vehicle that landed this past Monday uh, to do some exploring there and to get things set up. But it's been 40 damn years. And how long have we been talking about immigration? How long have we been talking about Social Security? How long have we been talking about health care? This gosh damn pendulum that everyone thinks, where the conventional wisdom thinks is such a good thing, it isn't a good thing. Oh, well, the le- I mean, I get the, oh, well, the less government does, the better. Maybe if the government would actually do good for the people, then it's not a bad thing. Trump's agenda, that's what I don't understand. Trump's agenda was uh, really wasn't a right or left agenda. Let's be frank. It's really not. They're like, oh, my God, he's more conservative than Reagan. Eh, I can see where some would say that, but he's a populist. He's a national nationalist populist. That's what Trump is, and that's for the people regardless of what your freaking party is. And so that's why he got elected. That's why you know, I, you know, I think he, he's in there, but, but now – they kept talking, you know, people telling, you know, you know, around the kitchen table, you know, dinner table, oh, we got to have that balance of government. And then you have that on top of all the negative, uh, you know, press that the the Trump administration has gotten. And think about it. Think of all the their MSNBC, CNN, CBS, ABC, all the freaking alphabet soup uh, news stations, you know, blasting Trump 94 plus percent of the time. And then you got one station, Fox News, and talk radio. You know that that's pretty much what you could say on the pro pro Trump side, and not even always that, and, and not even all of them. So you got, I mean, I mean, just look at the numbers, and, and I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm disappointed. Am I surprised? Eh, not really, because if you look at history, this is what happens. The the, the you know whoever the president is, you know whatever party the president is, you know when he 
uh, he lose a seat. I mean, it's not unprecedented. I mean, Trump lost less seats, you know, House seats, than you know his two predecessors did, and he actually gained seats in the Senate. So yeah, I mean, he, you know, they lost seats, and I'm upset about that. Hell, that's one of the reasons why I got that upside down flag that people are so upset about. Because I think because I am like we're in distress because, um, as America, in my opinion, we don't know what the we. Again, part of my title was will we allow ourselves? And now I'm going to after this, I'm going to bring in Chavika. Are we going to allow ourselves to be great again? That's the question. Are the American people going to allow ourselves to be great again? Because if we keep you know, I hear this phrase that my brother made up, and it's, it's, I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's a great phrase, at least I think he made it up. It's like, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to have what you already got. Might sound, you know, trite. I hate that phrase. I don't even know why I said it. But, you know, but it may, it may sound like, duh. But, yeah, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you already got. And, and that's why our political system is still where we're at, because we've been doing the same damn thing for the past 40 years, and that's why we still have these topics, and that's the thing that takes me off. But anyway, let's go ahead and bring it, Kavika. Thank you very much for the, uh, coming back. What do you think about the – who do you think would be a good pick uh, for AG? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good one. You know, I want, I want to say keep Whitaker for appearances, even, even appoint him as well. Because let's face it, he's a big boy, man. He was a tight end, and uh, I think for Iowa State, you know, he's intimidating. And he even says, "I'm going after the Clintons. I'm going after the Clintons. I'm right. going after everyone." Yep. And and there's so some people I'm, on I'm, Facebook you know, who are who are mentioning his name. Yeah. Yeah, Whitaker's a great guy, but uh, Cruz, no, like because they'll, they'll probably have to have a special election, and you know, God knows what's going to happen there. Or uh, a wild card, believe it or not, Professor Dershowitz. I think he'd make an uh, an incredible attorney general because he upholds mm. law. Yeah, mm. I, know, I know. I was telling, yeah, I was telling my, I was telling my partner this. You know, Dershowitz warned Clinton back in '98. They're going to impeach you if you do these two things: if you lie to the grand jury, <laughs> if you lie, and you fall into their trap. They're going to make. They're going to. Pur- you're going to perjure yourself. But Bill Clinton, believe it or not, Graham, you know Joe's right. He said he was a, he's a very uh, pragmatic. He thought because he was a lawyer and he taught law school, I know what I'm doing. Shut up! And they got him right there, you know, right there. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Up, oh, you lost. You know, I think Dershowitz would be a very, you know, he'd be very, he would be very partial. He would uphold the law. There would be no bias. That's interesting. You know, he would tell the president, Mr. President, but. You know he is he is a liberal, but I really believe he he'd uphold it well. But for right now, I say keep Whitaker. Have we have the votes? Keep Whitaker. He's very intimidating, and we need that as an attorney general. Granted, Jeff Jeff Sessions was very tough. You know he upheld the law, which I do respect. But he the Trump needed to trust him, and I think the trust just went away. Whitaker is one hundred percent. You know he he has that football mentality. You know Trump's the quarterback. Or another. No, I'm trying to think of this one. Yeah, Trump's the quarterback, and he's the tight end, and you know. He's going to protect them, and he's going to catch his passes. I think that's the analogy I can use. So, uh, yeah, Whitaker would be a very, uh, very uh, strong pick, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't seen anyone right now. Um, I'm just typing here to uh, bring your boy. Uh, just typing here to you um, real quick. And so let's go ahead and bring it uh, over to you, Suzette, and then we've got uh, – 
Uh, John in the line, Kelly and Susan, we'll get you on. Um, uh, we've got about eight minutes before uh, the uh, top of the hour, but we'll, we'll certainly be continuing this. Um, so far, oh my, uh, boy, I've got some interesting comments here on Facebook. <laughs> some people don't like Gowdy or uh, Christy at all. But, you know, as I said, I just want to uh, throw that out there, see what people's thoughts were. Again, you know, with, with Gowdy, uh, he was kind of touted to be one of them, you know, back when there was even, you know, the transition team on well, who should be his, um, you know, AG. And he was one of those, those were named, one of the names uh, that was being thrown around. So I'd put uh, – there's a couple people who says, um, you know, good for uh, Trey Gowdy. But, yeah, I mean, Dershowitz, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um so, all right, but let's go ahead, uh, Suzette. I don't want to take up your time there. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, here's a wild card, another wild card. Um, the name doesn't sound great, but <laughs> the person I think would do a really great job, and that would be Dan Bongino. Um, he worked for Secret Service. Bongino. For... I think there's – I think someone else might have mentioned that, that him. At least somebody on Facebook maybe. Um, I like Bongino. Jim Gordon too, but he doesn't have any – law enforcement experience just he's an attorney or a lawyer but um but he's a bulldog and as far as Dershowitz yes he knows the law and he can be fair but I think in order to be able to get the job done we need someone that's a little bit of a bulldog um Dershowitz had mentioned that um when he was on Tucker Carlson one evening that um he had showed up at a dinner party and they basically had shunned him and they, him and his wife had to leave and he felt bad about that. And so he was kind of put between a rock and a hard place because of his constitutional beliefs and, you know, the friends that he thought that he had. And, and so he, you know, he felt bad about it. So we can't have somebody that may be <laughs> intimidated. Um, and which goes to, as far as the people who are selling us out to, um, the, the new world order you know it's not a conspiracy the un themselves are taking over countries left and right and um and they're a little ticked off at us right now and i think that has a lot to do with why the people in in government are for, are um against trump it's because they've already bought into it and he says no and um that's it back to you robert okay well, let's go ahead and get uh, some of the other callers in the first one uh uh, to put the chime in is John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Thank you very much. I'm doing fine. I appreciate it. Yeah, Suzette brought up a couple of good names. I was like going, well, I don't think I like any of the names I've heard so far. And Suzette hit two of them. I was like, wait, there we go. Now that's more like it. But um, <laughs> I'm still not sold on any of these people. I mean, the, I think we... It goes back to even like last week when we were talking. You know, Donald Trump is trying to walk a thread. I mean, it's thin ice. He does not want to end up like JFK. And, I mean, go back to look what Edward Snowden revealed to us and all those documents. Look at all the cables that Bradley Manning brought forth to us through WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. That proves to us that this is a gangster, corrupt, thuggery way of operating the world. And I mean, if you haven't looked into the information, you've got to go dig it up and look deep. I'm telling you, folks, this is a criminal enterprise running strong. And all this stuff that we get to see through the media and we talk about is nothing but just distractions to keep us from really looking into the details. And 
So Trump is back against the wall, like I've said a number of times, fighting against the insiders. And you guys have brought it up. Each one, everybody's points are valid. I mean, there's a bit of all of it involved. This is a super complex situation. But I think most of the problem is we the people. We want to use the government as our piggy bank and to get our agendas. We don't care about justice and the rule of law and how to find, you know, um, mutual assent and self-governing, how to get along with each other and how to actually work fairly. We just want our agenda done at any expense. And, I mean, you know, I don't want to beat you on the head, but, you know, NASA going to Mars is another one of those tricky deals where they're just stealing our money and spending it on their agenda, and they're running rough shot over you and me. Or those of us, you know, they steal our money like gangsters and then spend it on their agendas without our consent. And, you know, it's Planned Parenthood, it's Solyndra, it's you name it. There's tons of them out there, and they continue to keep doing it. The government is not about being each everybody's piggy bank. It's like our own fellow Americans, the American first family that are here in America that are, you know, living on the streets, taking crap in the streets in San Diego, or not San Diego, maybe in San Diego too. I haven't heard that one, but, you know, like San Francisco and all these other places, there's many municipalities that are facing potential bankruptcy issues, you know. we got so many different issues on the table, and we got so many different actions that are trying to be king of the hill, and Trump's trying to just walk that thin ice the best he can, and he's got tricked in a lot of situations to be surrounding himself with a lot of globalists and those people that he was picking he didn't apparently do enough research in to find out what their background and I'm not saying I could do it any better I don't really know enough about it you know he thought he understood politics better than apparently he did because once he got in there he's realized those boys play hard and you're not only doing business you're doing power struggles that go way beyond business because, you know, you can always walk away from a, a contract or a deal or whatnot in business. In, in government and in politics, you can't walk away. You have to face it and you have to make a decision. Now, you can play games as long as you get enough people playing on the field with you, you know, like they do in Congress and stuff. But anyway, to me, it's going to come down to are we the people going to figure out how to communicate with each other in a civil manner and have some good civil discussions to figure out what the true reality of the difference between the rule of law and the rule of man and then hold ourselves accountable like our founding fathers. You know, they said they mutually pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors to uphold these principles of the Declaration of Independence. And that was supposed to have been carried through to the Constitution. But now we've got 4,000 different interpretations of every different aspect of the Constitution, and nobody's talking to each other to find unity on the one that we all agree to hold ourselves in true obedience to. So it's just going to be a dung-throwing contest either until we figure out how to work together in unity and agree how we can all hold ourselves in true obedience to one standard that we agree on on each of the different issues about our covenant agreement with each other, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, 
is a covenant agreement between you and me and every legal United States, uh, United States citizen and each other. If we don't uphold our own integrity to follow through to make sure that we all are in agreement in the understanding of what these different things mean, then we don't understand the difference between the rule of law and the rule of man, and we continue to say we're you know, talking about the rule of law when we're actually just bloviating about the rule of man ignorantly, not knowing. And so we're going to perish for lack of knowledge. But I'm in that boat too. That's why I'm in these discussions in order to try to help make sure that I'm staying up to par with people challenging me and me growing in my thinking and everybody growing in our thinking together to get to a place where we can get back on solid civil grounds to move forward and stop using the government as our bully club to beat each other into submission. But it's my issue for my two cents for now. I'll keep. I'm going to keep looking for the AG. But out of the ones I've heard so far, Dan Bongino and uh, Dershowitz are probably my favorites out of the ones I've heard of. Uh, I yield the floor. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, I mean, and I like the. I mean, I do like the idea of Dershowitz, but I mean, um, you, you, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree with Suzette. You're going to have to have some a bulldog in there. You're going to have to have somebody who's going to be a fighter. You know, someone's gonna have to be scrappy. You got someone who actually has the balls. Yes, I said that, even though we're not in guard logic after dark yet. But uh, so maybe we'll keep it at gonads. But you, someone's got to get the cojones, whatever you want to call them, to actually go after and and do what you said, John, and make sure that you know equal justice under the law, which we're not seeing, especially when it comes to folks like the Clintons. You know, we need somebody to say, look, this is what they did. They broke the law, and so we're going to go after them. But here's the problem. There's not a damn freaking politician probably in there. You could probably can't name hardly any. I know who uh, with Susan, and we'll get you in the, in the line after Kelly, Susan. Do you think somebody who might not have broken a law or something or did something unethical? Time, I think she'll, a person she'll say come to mind, and maybe she's right. But you know what? There's not a damn one of them up there that either through business or through politics, hasn't done anything shady. There's not a damn one of them out there that hasn't sometime in their life done something shady, something questionable, something that, oh, my gosh, you know, this could maybe hurt my or destroy my political career, you know, whether they did it in business. Because let's be honest, you don't get into the positions of power and the positions of wealth that these people who, you know, quote, unquote, run our government, you don't get to that place without doing something you know, in the spirit of Christmas, naughty. Okay, and so you you don't just just that's how it is. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it's immoral or not, that's just how it is. You do not get to those types of places unless you cheated, stealed, or did so or hurt somebody. You just don't. That's just how the world works. You know, it's a shame. Does it suck that it's like that? Yes. But let's face reality, folks. That's how it is. So there's not. I mean, so. We expect these people to be all these, you know, you know, moral folks up there, you know, these um, – and, and they're not. They're not good. None of them are going to be. I mean, I, I don't see any – now, again, you, some might say, you know, Ted Cruz or Rand Paul or something like that. I would, might even say, like, Newt Gingrich, but we know there's got to be a little something. I mean, all of them have their controversies, you know. But, but you, just, you just don't. You don't get there. So that's why I think it's an, also a, a big problem is that, you know, we, we, we want this, you know, equal justice under the law, but because of the way things are set up, is it even possible? Now, some, you know, 
you know, simply fell with some laws being broken worse than others. But I think that might be what's what's hindering those things from happening. But we but to the AG, and then I'm going to uh, bring in Kelly. Uh, to the AG is that you have to have somebody who's going to uh, you know you know be a be a bulldog and maybe finally get get the Clintons get theirs. I don't think they ever will, but I guess it's the hope of ours. Um, remember, just you know, Nancy Pelosi. You know, she'll probably try to put stops to whatever as being the speaker next year. But let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Uh, speaking of uh, 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 Speaker Pelosi, come up unfortunately. Kelly, what do you think about a uh, Nancy Pelosi as speaker? A speaker? Well, uh, she's having. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey. Well, well. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah, Nancy Pelosi. She has had. She's having a lot of problems getting the votes up in Congress. Um, she's suffering suffering right now from electoral dysfunction. And, uh, well, maybe she can t- talk to Bob Dole and get some Viagra. But, um, <laughs> okay, at least I'm laughing at my own jokes. Okay, so, you know, um, you were talking about the spirit of Christmas, and I got to be straight up with some people that have been swearing on the show tonight. Look, you keep swearing on the show, you're not going to be invited to any more reindeer games, okay? Mm. So if you want to come to the reindeer games, you got to stop your swearing. Somebody earlier talked yeah. about uh, Mitt Romney, or I call him the Romulan. Yeah, he's the same as Obama, you know, establishment. And I would have loved years ago to see a debate between Mitt Romney and himself. Um, so. Oh, well, you know what? Okay, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's okay. You know, every time you bring that up, and I, I mean, I, I don't think I could ever. Um, I don't think I can ever get tired of this, and that you know, cause it's it's great. I mean, I, I laugh every time I uh, I hear it, and because you brought it up, I may have to, I may have to play this um, this here. Let's see, because I mean, everyone knows I'm not a big uh, a big Romney fan, uh, big Romney fan. I ne- Rom- fan. I never was Romulan. Um, the Romulan, but yeah, I've got to play this because you brought it up. So let's hear. Something kind of like Romney uh, debating himself. Mr. President, just how different are you from Governor Romney? (laughs) Uh, Now, let me be clear. Uh, I agreed with Governor Romney on many things. For instance, abortion. He was pro-choice most of his adult life. So was I. But he changed his position uh, when he became presidential candidate. Uh, Hold on. Now, let's take guns. Now, Governor Romney and I, we were in complete agreement on gun control. Now, now that is, until he changed his mind. But but I... And on health care, well, I was so inspired by Romney care that I nationalized it and called it Obamacare. Whoa, whoa. But now, presidential candidate Romney is against the individual mandate and universal health care. I agreed with Governor Romney on many things. But this presidential candidate Romney, I don't even know the guy. Then again, uh, <laughs> he doesn't seem to know himself. Oh, come on. Governor Randall? <laughs> Getting our future is responsible for the content of this message. Yeah, I just think that was hilarious. I mean, uh, on that. But um, I don't know. Uh, Romney, of course, you know, was a better candidate than, uh, than would have been a better president than Obama, you know, certainly. Um, but I think, and I, I won't go too far with this theory, at least not tonight. I mean, I think Romney was 
uh, coronated because of the way the political winds are blowing at the time. He was actually the worst candidate of those uh, to go up against uh, Obama. I think that they knew Romney would lose against Obama because they want the Republicans wanted to get the House from the Senate, and they knew if there was another four more years uh, and it proved out uh, of Obama, then you would get the the numbers. Now, of course, as you, uh, you also pointed out there. Um, uh, Joseph, well, now the the Demo- you know the House is back in the the hands of the Democrats. But anyway, go ahead, uh, Kelly. Okay, yeah. Well, the uh, <clears throat> it's interesting the parallel between who's in control, Republicans and Democrats. It's very similar to dating in certain rural areas. Um, there's no such thing as dating. It's called taking turns, or at least that's what one local told me. Um, <laughs> all right. AG candidates. I uh, just wanted to take a list. I've been listening. Of course, we've got Gowdy. We got uh, Real Giuliani, who is right now the uh, he's actually on the short list counsel. that I hear. Yeah, so Giuliani is the special counsel to uh, to Trump, and that would help uh, Trump win New York again. But he might win that anyway. Chris Christie, uh, Donut Boy. I'm not so sure about him. The shoots, I think. Um, Whitaker, of course, Dan Bongino. I'm watching some videos of his lately. Oh my gosh, he's an attorney, and I I wonder if the attorney general is more of a uh, political head and a good manager of people more than, of course, if you're an AG, you really need to know the law and how to prosecute. That wouldn't be the best best. Um, although as much as I like Mr. Bongino, from what I've heard so far. It wouldn't be the best. Um, well, it's kind of like uh, appointing Kagan as Supreme Court justice. Kagan was never a judge. I mean, but it can happen, I guess. All right, Edward, Edwin Vieira. He is my number one pick. Who is Edwin Vieira? Absolutely believes in the Second Amendment. Absolutely believes in the Constitution. Been before the United States Supreme Court. He's won three out of four times. He's a professor of law, and he's absolutely stunningly brilliant. And he wrote The Three Rights, which is a book about our liberties. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I would freaking almost have a heart on if Edwin Vieira got elected, not because of him, but because of justice. Or maybe because <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that for us, Kelly. <laughs> and we're not quite in Bard's Logic After Dark yet, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But Edwin, yeah, it's, you know, I've said this for years. I've said it on the show a number of times. At Fiat Justitia Ruat Calium. That's Latin for let justice be done, though the heavens fall. And if we could get a AG that would clean house, clean house, I want to talk about 18 U.S.C. 1504 later. But if there's a candidate that will totally allow the last sentence in 18 U.S.C. 1504, I would be wholeheartedly in support of them. My favorite is Gowdy right now, the practical favorite, Um, and he is a very tough bulldog. I've watched him in a number of um, C-SPAN congressional hearings where he's up on the panel, and he's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. He just pleaded the fifth. That's fine, but we needed to cross-examination. I would not be – I would not want to be – a criminal cross-examined by a Gowdy. I wouldn't even want to be a witness cross-examined by a Gowdy. He is a bulldog, and um, I think he's he's a man of good faith in many respects. 
And you, you wonder, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not running for Senate. This is his last term. Hmm. He could be a really key instrument in prosecuting, I mean, what are we at, 25, 30,000 sealed indictments? Some say the numbers are higher, but he could double that pretty quickly. And so, you know, Whitaker, he seems like a pretty good guy. You know, Trump's got a good – well, when he started out picking Rince Priebus, I was really furious with Trump. Really, your your, yeah, your, your chief of staff, you have an establishment, the chair of the Republican Party. And like, oh, I was furious with Trump when I heard that. Um, so maybe he started that way to, to find out who the establishment is and all their ties by letting Rince Priebus go ahead and pick all these people. And then you, you get the names and the names of the names and the connections, and then you fire them all. But uh, Gowdy, I think he might be probably the most likely candidate. And, uh, you know, some have bad things to say, some have good things. I've heard some speeches that he's given outside of Congress. Like, wow, this guy's pretty sincere. So a whole bunch of candidates and, uh, you know, Deschutes, if uh, some of the Democrats may not like Deschutes because – if they could get convicted for treason, um, they might shoot us. I'm trying to be funny tonight. Okay. Well, at least one person's laughing at my jokes. Okay. So 18 U.S.C. 1504, I want to get into that later because that's almost a 10-minute segment by itself. Very important to draining the swamp. One sentence. And uh, we'll get to that later. So I'm going to turn it back to you and let somebody else talk. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I, I you know, just had a post here on Facebook where, you know, they're, again, they're talking about, um, you know, the guy in there now, you know, saying he's a bulldog, you know. And, you know, and then, of course, they're talking about uh, Whitaker uh, in there. And, you know, another person who's been a strong uh you know, critic of the Mueller investigation um, is uh, Texas Republican Radcliffe. Uh, he's, um, you know, you know, and, and, and you know, Barr as well. But they're they're pretty been uh, vocal critics of uh, you know the the Mueller probe. But let's go ahead and uh, get in Susan. Let's uh, open her mic up. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, uh, you know what? Go ahead, Susan. And then I, I want to bring in uh, the, from Chappie. Go ahead, Susan. I, I I said I'm fine. I have a long day tomorrow, so I'll be getting off. Yeah. Um, I have a long day tonight. <laughs> so anyway, you guys don't think outside the box, do you? That's a shame. I was taught to do that. And I hear most, except for one, I hear like whatever. You, you, you um, stay closer to your phone, Susan, because we you keep fading in and out. <laughs> I said you don't think outside the box. Uh, and I have a name of someone who does, and it puts me in the category of thinking outside the box. You've got to do that. And my suggestion to Sessions Place would be Michael Savage of the Savage Nation. And he is a bulldog. So, yeah, 
he's not he can be very not nice and I think he would be perfect. Absolutely perfect for it. But one thing that somebody brought up, and you were still muffled, but I was able to still hear you, some Susan. Um, but one of the things with uh, you know, Michael Savage, some, uh, one person even on Facebook put, uh, stayed at Mark Levin. Uh, now, with those two, we'll, we'll, we won't uh, go with Mark Levin, but even with uh, Michael Savage, is that uh, something someone brought up about whoever the, the new AG is going to be um, is the person who's – they have to have enough gravitas. You know, remember we heard about uh, we heard that term. I think we heard, start first start hearing that term a lot when uh, when Bush was running. And remember they said he had to have a VP pick who had a lot of gravitas, and that's why you picked um, uh, Cheney. And, and I have to agree with that. That's that, that's probably accurate. You know, at least in that case. But anyway, but that's another thing that they were saying. Oh well, the whoever it is has to have gra- you know gravitas. You know, I mean, someone who's like, oh yeah, that's you know. Uh, that alls people, that wows people, you know, uh, the people, you know, respect regardless of, uh, of party. Um, now, do you think, I mean, and that being, I'm not saying it's a bad idea uh, for Savage. I mean, he cert- I mean, I agree with it, but him being a bulldog, I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, uh, but two things, one, I mean, is he going to be able to take over the rigors of that position? And two, I mean, would he even have the gravitas? Uh, that some are saying would be necessary uh, to be in that position. I don't know about Gravitas, but he definitely has the balls. Yeah, I mean, well, I certainly, you know, and, and I, I think you wouldn't have any new qualms uh, about going after everybody because he'd, you know, he'd be one of those people who'd be like, you know what, I served, I'm done, you know, I don't have to worry about pleasing any politicians or I don't have to worry about pleasing anybody, and if I get fired. I frankly don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I think he's like that, you know, he would give that like, look, I'll come in. I'll do what I think is right. You know, I'll work with you where, you know, I, 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 you're on the edge. You're on the edge of not getting invited to any more reindeer games. Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, we're not even bars watching <laughs> after dark anymore. I don't know what it is. I think, you know, I think this, uh, uh, the Democrats taking over the house has really affected me. I guess that's the, you know, I'm, I'm a more bitter man now. <laughs> I mean, as I said, I mean, I I had hope that, you know, the (laughs) Republicans would hold on to the House. I really did. Um, But did I really think it was going to happen? I never did. I never thought the Republicans would keep the House. Never thought it – I never thought it would happen. Uh, And it didn't. You know, I mean, and I was more concerned about, you know, the the huge blue wave, which I I think – here's what I think about the blue wave real quick is – I think that it's not as large as what the Democrats would have liked, uh, but I don't think it's as um, minuscule as what the those of uh, those on the right are trying to uh, ensconce it in. I, th- I think they're trying to just make it like, well, you know, you only got you. Know, There's only a net gain of 26 or something like that. They gained 40 something seats, but. Um, a net gain of, of like 26 or something like that. You know, so they're trying to downplay it, but I, I think it was definitely it was more significant. And you know why? I mean, I think you know everyone brought up uh, good points. You know, I know uh, Joseph, you were talking about thing. You know, it being you know on Trump, and I think in, in a lot of ways that's true. Um, but I think you know a lot of it. I mean, I think it, the people again. I think it falls squarely on the shoulders of the American people. I mean, I think you brought that up, John. I mean, that, that's why I think takes the most to blame. 
I mean, there's there's plenty enough blame to go around, um, and Trump, Trump with Trump being included. Uh, but I think it's the American people. I I think that I I I don't think we're um, politically astute as a nation. You know, I really don't. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be you know denigrate our citizens, but you know, I, and I think it's not, and I think you know, I don't think it's purposeful. I just think that people, you know, that they live their life, they work a job or two jobs or three jobs or whatever to, for the families, and they pay you know peripheral uh, attention to politics. They certainly don't pay attention uh, pay attention to politics uh, to the extent that anyone here on the line or maybe even on uh, the people who are out there listening. Uh, they're certainly not as you know, pay attention to it and and uh, all the the nuances uh, of you know politics and what you mentioned also John and you alluded to uh, Joseph about you know kind of the behind the scenes you know kind of like look this is you know there's corruption that we you know it's it's so deep that's why you know when they talk about you know draining the the, the, uh, the cesspool as I like to call it not even a swamp because uh, even swamps have ecological value. Uh, but you know, but clean out the cesspool is so. Uh, I just, it, I just don't. I mean, it certainly can't be done in one administration in, in one term. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot, a lot more long term than, than what I think. I sometimes think we we have time for. Um, I have an article I'm going to post on your thing at. Um, <clears throat> Breitbart.com, uh, Ann Coulter, Trump's Great Wall becomes Trump's Great Stall. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm not happy with him right now um, on that. Um, we're not we're not uh, winning. We're whining about it. And Paul Ryan, yeah, he's part of it, and Congress is part of it. But when you sign um, a bill that does certain things that don't allow you to build a wall because supposedly there isn't the money. You shouldn't have promised it to begin with, and he's done this twice now. So, you know, I, I'm i not sure he has the cojones to do certain things. I'm talking about Trump. He's about to sign another spending bill. We'll give him no money for the wall. And he had just said after signing a spending bill, Earlier, I will never sign another bill like this again. You can't go around saying these things and then not doing them. And that's what he does. And I'm not real happy about it. So so I, 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 I left a comment to him that, you know, I didn't despise liars. And that's what he's doing technically by saying these things, by making promises. He's not even going to attempt <clears throat> to uh, to keep. Well, remember he is talking, but but Trump is, uh, but Trump is talking about shutting down the government. You know, if, if these things don't come don't come through, I mean, he's he's, he's threatening to shut down the government if they don't get the the funding for the wall. Okay, well, then, you know, he should have done this sooner. And I don't care if he shuts down the government. Fine. That, that means money we don't spend while it's shut down. <laughs> Great. 
Woo-hoo. Well, yeah, I don't, I, well, I don't, but here's the thing. Remember, when they're talking about that, they they had the midterms looming. And you know what? Uh, you know, with with, with a election year, that's why, I, you know, I kind of hate election being, being every two years or every couple of years. It's like they're always campaigning. You know, I mean, it's always a campaign exactly. going on. Um, I mean, it, it can exactly. be fun, but my gosh, how can anything get done when everybody just has to worry about campaigning all the time? And, you know, and that's another reason why I, nothing it, ever gets done because they're all they're afraid to do anything because they're afraid. Oh my God, how's this going to affect my, how's this going to affect my campaign? Um, and you know, so we've got uh, a caller here. We, we've got everybody's mics open, uh, but let's go ahead and bring. Um, our friend Cindy in. Uh, it's good. great to hear from you, Cindy. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, um, okay. I'm doing better. I had major surgery last week, so I'm not, you know, oh my perfect, gosh. but I'm certainly a lot better than I was. <laughs> um, oh good. Anyway, I I just, I you know, I'm, I'm really tired and I need to go to bed, but I just have to break in here and call. You guys are, well, not you, Robert, but everybody on here has been kind of, trashing Trump tonight and I gotta tell you I am so glad that Trump is who he is I am so glad he's egotistical I'm glad he's stubborn I'm glad he's tough and he doesn't take any crap from Democrats or rhinos I'm tired of seeing GOP leaders bend over and wait for the Democrats to kick him in the butt um, Joseph was talking about how he didn't like it that he was egotistical well Joseph I got news you're egotistical too buddy in fact, I don't know a whole lot of guys that aren't egotistical. He has something to be egotistical about, and he's confident. He knows how to win an argument. Um, I think only egotistical guys and women livers care that he's he that Trump is who he is. Anyway, um, I I um, I I got I was thinking about you know the losses, um, and I'm also glad that. Trump came out as a victor and not a defeated little wimp like George Bush Sr. and a lot of the other ones. And I, I'm tired of rhinos and Democrats apologizing all the time for who we are. Um, and, and Trump doesn't do that. And, and I appreciate that. And I don't I, I was scared to death he was going to come out and say something like, oh, gee, I'm sorry, it was my fault. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the positive which is what he did. He came out and he said, look, we just got more Senate seats. The blue wave turned into a ripple. And and um, what about the, the past elections? I mean, a president's first election cycle after his election is never kind to him. Clinton, if everybody will remember, lost 54 seats. Obama lost 63 seats now how's that about that's a rep that's a referendum um maybe people were happy with how the senate stayed behind trump and confirmed kavanaugh and those people were rewarded back when everybody was still talking about the blue wave politico was predicting the gop was going to lose 60 seats in the house florida's blue wave turned into a red tide literally in case nobody noticed, um, and, and the, the people who won in that race were highly supportive of uh, President Trump and his agenda. I studied up on some no, of those. No, just like in Mississippi last night. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, and I, I studied up on some of those 
36 congressmen that lost. And I started running into some stories. Well, you remember the Mia Love thing where where he said, where um, Trump says something like, uh, Mia gave us no love, you know? And, and, and he said it was because she never would embrace him enough and she wouldn't campaign on his agenda. And, um, and, and, and it was kind of telling that, well, first of all, she's a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, which is traditionally a, a Democrat organization. Um, tells you how, you know, she could, she was mostly bipartisan, if, if nothing else. Um, but the first thing she did when she lost was to say, oh, the GOP just doesn't treat minorities well enough. And, and I'm like, well, how is that? He selects the HUD secretary as a black man. Labor secretary is a Chinese woman. I can tell you something about her, but I'll tell you that later. And then you just look at all the appointments he's made that are, that are women, the people who he trusts around him that are women. I mean, that's just silly. Uh, anyway, um, in her case, that could have been a Mormon thing because traditionally uh, Mormons tend to uh, vote for men, first of all, um, and they don't, they don't support Trump on his wall. They want to expand health care. Um, so, you know, Mia Love may have just been um, uh, the result of just a, a lack of conservatism there. Um, they're very morally conservative, but they just want to, they're too, uh, you know, give them, give them, they, they don't mind all these, uh, apparently they don't mind a lot of um, entitlements. <laughs> anyway. Well, it was just like, so, it was just like the Pope said. I mean, I mean, I didn't read, the, I seen that, I just been glancing, uh, I, I think I might even have it, on the the Bard's Logic Political Talk website uh, on the newsroom, I thought I seen an article there. Maybe, um, I didn't. Let me let me scroll down. Give me a moment there to check on there. Um, I'm, I'm not going to read the article. I'm just going to see if I have it on the site. Um, I thought it said something about you well, know, they, you brought up the, the pope or something one. like that. But well, she wasn't the only one. And and yes, the the Catholics and the Mormons they seem to want to just bring in all the people and uh, that uh, you want to just take, take, take from us. I don't understand that. Um, I talked to my daughter-in-law today about what's going on down there at the Mexican border in Tijuana. And, you know, of course she gets all the Mexican news and gets uh, stories from her mom and all them. And um, apparently it's a lot more of a chaos down there than our news. Any of our news is talking about Um, it's, about three different gangs that have come up from Honduras and they've all joined with other Mexican people and now the, all the gangs are fighting amongst each other, killing each other and and um, it, it's really kind of a mess down there but um, the Mexicans want them out of there just as bad as we don't want them to come in here they're sick of them and, and they want them out of there um, but anyway some of the people, President uh, Trump said uh, that uh, they had they lost their seats because they kept their distance from him and his his agenda. Um, he, a name, a few of them that he named were uh, uh, Barbara Comstock, um, Eric Paulson, uh, Peter Rostam, 
Illinois. Um, so if you look around and you start going individually into each one of these losses, I think you're going to find a totally different story than it had something to do with Trump other than the fact that they did not support Trump. And I think when you didn't have people supporting him and you have these congressmen that were not showing the, the, the huevos to get that wall built, they weren't – Ryan was in control, I mean, Talia. He was in control, and he didn't get the money for the wall. That's just I don't think ludicrous. he wants it either. There was an article I know there was an article I read a long time ago on the show. I can't remember what show it was, but it, uh, you know, again, it was on the. Uh, I got it from the newsroom here on the Bart's Logic website and the newsroom page. But it was talking about how he was planning on. You know, it was when he first announced that he was getting, you know, getting out. Uh, is basically he's going to kind of stab, uh, stab the conservatives in the back by, you know, his open, uh, basically open borders policy. You know, are not doing anything for the uh, to secure the border. Go ahead. Yeah, he's like you know, he he actually was like giving up his power rather than support the wall. I mean, how stupid is that? And anyway, um, I just think that uh, there's a whole lot more to it if you start looking individually. And and you look at what happened in Florida, the voter fraud. In how many of those races does somebody suddenly find 20,000 ballots in somebody's trunk? How many of them allowed illegals and dead people to vote? Twice, because they were registered in two different places. Some Democrat-controlled areas um, don't do a real good job with that. Um, We've had all of that happen right here in Florida. Everything I just mentioned. And of course, you guys all heard about what happened down south, and we still won. We were winning by so many votes, they cheated, and we still won. So, and, and it was all because those guys supported Trump all the way. And so they, the, the whole Republican Party of Florida was behind them. Hey, Cindy. Uh, uh, well, first of all, hello, hello, hello. It's been a while. I'm glad you're on the show hi. tonight. Who is and it? I hope- uh, Kelly. Oh, Kelly, hi. Hi, Kelly. Hey, um, yeah, I uh, well, I want, I'm we're talking about Florida. I want to ask something of you, and uh, mm-hmm. but I, I first, I just want to wish that you have a, a very good um, healing in your surgery. You don't have to tell us details, but it's just you know um, that can be you so know, far difficult so good, when you go through. So far, so good. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, all right. I wanted to mention to you something I'm working on, and by the way, Suzette is a, a great researcher, helping too. Okay, mm-hmm. in Florida, um, the grand jury shall get involved. This is Florida Statutes 104. Point, I think 43. The grand jury shall get involved and investigate the elections when requested by a registered voter or a candidate. So I've been working wait, on the petition. Wait, wait, wait. Is this Kelly? Yes. Well, I thought you said Joey. <laughs> and then you got to talking, oh. and I went, that's Kelly's voice. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I'm Go sorry. ahead. I didn't I mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Okay. 
Well, I'm not. I'm. I don't like confusing people. I'm just really good at it. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Anyway, but but I, I want to go ahead and read this to you. Um, here it is, right here. I'm gonna pull it up on my computer. Something I gotta work on tonight, anyway. But I'm on a computer. All right. So basically, you know. Oh, by the way, our our beloved election clerk in Broward County. Um, what is her name? I'm sorry, Mr. The, the um, election supervisor. Snipes. Snipes, Miss Snipes, the beloved Snipes. She resigned, and people have mm-hmm. videos of people showing up in cars at undisclosed locations, kind of like dark alley, kind of or parking lots. Mm-hmm. Only one person, mm-hmm. and they uh, open up the trunk, and they've got boxes of ballots. Where the heck did these come from? Mm-hmm. And we've all. We've also found the smoking gun, John Brakey. He was on our show. He was in Florida at the election, and at the end of the night, um, he watched this ESNS DS200. That's the machines at the precinct. This is a smoking gun story, all right? There's been a lot of suspicions about modems, as in wireless modems in these volcanic machines. Well, he mm-hmm. caught them. He almost got mm-hmm. – uh, they threatened to arrest him and all this stuff as he filmed it. Basically, it said on the screen of this vote counting machine, activating modem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, yep. and by the way, he's helped a number of people. One I know is a plaintiff that's um, um, suing the state to preserve the digital ballot images, which since the primary, they've deleted over 60% of these, which violates federal law and state law. But here's – I forgot you were in Florida. Oh, my gosh. Robert, give her my number. I know I had your number somewhere. Okay, I'm asking people to go to their county grand jury. Here you go. Here's a petition. And here's what it is. It's election uh, – it's the Florida Statutes 104.43. And this is that part again. of the Elections Code. Florida Statutes Section 104.43. Okay. And it's in the Elections Code of the state statutes. And uh, <clears throat> there's more to it, but I'm going to make it – more simple by reading this. Okay, the grand jury in any circuit shall, upon the request of any candidate or qualified voter, make a special investigation uh, to determine whether there is any violation of the provisions of this code and shall return indictments when sufficient ground is found. There it is. Boom. You activate it by submitting a petition. And the grand jury has to get busy. There you go. State statutes. Petition who? Petition the grand jury of your county. Uh, You're not in Bra- the grand what jury, county. The are grand you jury of, of Broward? Or any county or that you're in. Are you, what county, what any, county are you any in? Any county in Florida? Well, our, our county, we, did, we found no, no uh, fraud here. I wouldn't be able to petition a grand jury here in Volusia County for something that they did in Broward County, would I? No, but with a smoking gun of a, a, a vote counting machine in a precinct that has a modem, yeah, grand jury, would you find this modem and report to the public? I actually read a grand jury report of the Miami-Dade grand jury, <laughs> and they studied the traffic and the freeways, and their conclusion was – gee, this is really congested, and we need to spend some public money to improve our freeways. 
And so a grand jury can issue a report that basically says, um, we found modems in the vote counting machine inside the precinct. And when that comes out, it'll be quite earth-shattering. And um, so ES&S, that's um, formerly the corporation name, is called Election Systems and Software. But uh-huh. when you have modems and PC anywhere inside these machines, as admitted to uh, in, a, in a letter to a congressional inquiry, um, Senator Wyden from Oregon says, do you have modems? Or any PC anywhere? Yeah, we have PC anywhere, and everybody else does it. What? You have PC anywhere and modems? Okay. And by the way, ESNS is also known as election switching and sorcery. Well, that's <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I I I lost your number, Robert. Uh, is it okay for you for Robert to give you my number? Because I'm looking for Floridians yeah. to. To uh, yes, boom, send it in. There you go. So yeah. uh, you just you know print it out, sign it, slip it in the mail. There you go. And I've got some expert witnesses as a witness list because the grand okay. jury would be like, well, who do we witness? Oh, gee, here's a witness list for you. There you go. Phone numbers, addresses, uh, issue a subpoena. There you go. So I I forgot. Oh my gosh, double double whammy happy here because you know when you're here. And number two, oh, my gosh, you're in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I am pretty pr- proud of right now. Uh, I haven't always been, but I am right now. I am so pleased that people finally woke up here in this state and stopped voting for that stupid idiot down there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just uh, its like a miracle. I, I didn't know that I'm talking about Bill Nelson. He He's been at, what has he been here, 40-something years? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean. Oh, I, I, I got some interesting things about. Yeah. Not to sound crass, but doesn't his face look fake? <laughs> it looks like he's got a plastic face. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but he's you know what I mean? Well, I mean, really, I mean, I I've seen him like. <laughs> I don't ever get into how people look. I don't care what he looks like. My yeah, problem I know. Is I mean, I can't talk. I mean, lying. my face is made of plastic. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how politicians are. They have to paste on a smile anyway. But um, well, I, I, my problem with this guy is he has been writing his journey into space for 30-some years. Just because he went to space and he became everybody's astronaut congressman, you know, then we ought to all just love him and keep putting him in there. Don't even ask what he's doing. Just send him up there because he's, he's cool. He went up to space. You know? I'm sorry. That just don't cut it for me. I don't care that he went into space. Well, here, yeah, why, did, why didn't he fight to get us back there, this bastard? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Good question. I don't know. Wow. Apparently he wasn't well, all that impressed. Well, hey, I want to <clears throat> take a couple minutes and show you some research that <clears throat> others have helped me with too, of course. But here's in Broward oh, County. Kelly, Kelly wait a minute. Before you go on with that, do you not agree with me that if if people 
really checked into all these 36 losses that we had in the in the Congress, in the house that they would find situate most of them could be situations just like this where we had voter fraud or people who just never posied up to Trump's agenda refused to campaign on his agenda and that's what they got for it is more viable than people just don't like Trump well when you have a Congress that has a 12 to 15 percent approval rate and they keep getting elected, something is chronically wrong. But yeah, I, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to, to, to prove out that there's something wrong. But there are I got in front of me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven precincts then less than with less than five percent votes for Rick Scott. Okay. Mm-hmm. So precinct L O one four in Broward County, he had a big seven votes. L O one six, eighteen percent or eighteen votes with one point nine percent. L zero zero four, he had two point seven six, another precinct two point eight, another precinct three point two, another precinct three point four, another four point one. Like really? Really. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like yeah. So and then and then there's some other things I looked at here. If you look at the demographics of you know, you have Latino and black, white, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you can predict the amount of votes a person would get. Okay, where mm-hmm. he got seven votes in precinct L O one four, big seven votes, right? There was a total of six hundred and ninety two votes cast. We assume well, it's right there from the census. What do you know? There's sixteen point eight percent white in that in that precinct. Uh in that mm-hmm. town actually. Okay, and thirty percent of the whites voted thirty percent, only thirty percent voted for uh Rick Scott. Okay. 692 times 30% times 16.8%, you get 34 votes. You only got seven. Other places, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's some of these same stats. It, this, is, this is ridiculous. You take mm-hmm. the it's a conservative number of 30% of the white folk times the census uh, percentage um, of, of total votes because let's assume that all his, Hispanics, blacks, Asians, Americans, they all voter turnout the same. That's an assumption. But mm-hmm. I'm seeing, you know, uh, here's one, six and a half times. He should have had, he got one-sixth one sixth of, of what he should have gotten. Another one, one-third, another one, one-half. Um, all sorts of these, what's going on here, folks? So it, it, it's, it's beyond bizarre. So yeah. here's another one, Z002 Precinct, which I, that's in Fort Lauderdale. Um, Rick's got a, big, got a big 42 votes. Versus 1381 for the astronaut um, or space cadet. All right, so you, that's what we're having here. And when you look at a precinct, now this is this is a comparison. All right, you look at um, precinct number. Here it is, 0073. 0073. What's that? It's right there in the county election supervisor's office. Um, what's the chances of cheating there? None. Why? Well, because the public's in and out and in and out, and there's a vote counting machine. There's your ballot. Do that. Blah blah blah. There's employees all over. You can't cheat because everybody's watching. Are there any chance of the issues here? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Well, yes, <laughs> people ahead. can cheat. People can cheat. Of course, they can always find ways to cheat, right? But yeah. the chain of custody yeah. issues are what? None, because it's in the election supervisor's office. Guess what the result was? It was a forty sixty split. A forty sixty mm-hmm. split instead of mm-hmm. this one percent, yeah, 
two percent, three percent for Rick that, Scott? Yeah. Well, we know that um, in the last election, in, in Trump's election, uh, that same woman, Barbara Snipes, was seen in a room with several other people marking ballots. Stacks and stacks of ballots. They were marking them. Okay. A lady, yeah, a lady signed an affidavit that. to that. Yeah, the affidavit. You've seen the affidavit of the – she was a temporary employee. She was instructed, right. oh, take take these boxes into this room here. What's this room? Well, we'll let you in. There was a window. The window was covered over, and they had a combination. She walked in, sets the boxes. They have blank ballots on their right. They've got they're, – they're furiously filling in ballots right in front of them, yep. and then they got a stack on their left. That was the affidavit that they're basically just making it yep. up, and she was yep. fired the next I, day. Yeah. She, the wrong person was fired. Right. So a- anyway, uh, if you send me everything I need to do, because, you know, I, I'm totally – I haven't read your book yet, Kelly <laughs> – so I don't, I don't know what to do with the grand jury. So you'll have to tell tell me, and I don't have all the information that you do. So you make sure that you uh, um, give me a call and get all that stuff to me. Yeah, it's real simple. Download, read it, sign it, put it in an envelope, mail it, and there you go. Okay. Okay, that's fine with me. Well, I do see, uh, folks, that it is a top of the hour uh so don't let uh your uh you know phone hang up or die or whatever because unfortunately would not be able to see i'm not as uh poetic on 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 this as uh as john is obviously (laughs) but anyway uh, so don't let the uh the phone hang up uh, or lose the charger i think unfortunately will not be able to uh get into the show uh back to the show in the next 10 minutes uh, I do see some other folks out there. If you'd like to listen to the extended period of the show or what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and uh, we'll get you into the show. Uh, if you push the one on your number dial, if you just want to listen, that is fine as well. Uh, I do have – oh, we just uh, lost one caller. Hopefully we'll be able to call back in. Uh, I do got some green rooming to do, uh, so if you – uh, are on the line. He just uh, pushed the one uh, recently to chime in. Uh, if you hear silence, that's because I just pulled you to the green room uh, to get your name, and uh, we'll uh, uh, get you into the show. Uh, but the next thing, I, I do have an article that I'm uh, going to read. And I think this is a good, kind of a good segue while we're talking about uh, there. We'll have you finish up, Kelly, and then I got an article from the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogic.com. Uh, politicaltalk.com. Um, you can find uh, the articles from uh, tonight's show as well as other great articles. You can subscribe to the uh, the newsroom so you can get updates when the uh, the website and the uh, the newsrooms updated. Uh, and also, of course, you can go to the give page uh, where I still have my uh, campaign. Even though the midterms are over, my campaign continues. Um, and so I was going to have some uh, suggestions that I, I may put out there later on how, you know, about contributing or things of that nature, but uh, perhaps we'll get there, perhaps not. I hate to do it. That's why I probably haven't been doing it. But anyway, <laughs> you can visit that uh, as well. Um, 
and uh, and that's on on the Give page. But I do have an article there. Uh, it's called Top Dems uh, Call on United Nations uh, to Intervene at Border with Migrant Caravan. Uh, so we'll get uh, to that article later. But first, uh, again, uh, don't lose the call. You won't, won't be able to get back in, but let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to yourself, uh, uh, Kelly and uh Cindy, and of course, we will be bringing uh, folks back in for uh, the, the last hour. We uh, went real long with the first segment, but, you know, the organic nature of the show, uh, that does that. And, of course, we can always talk, you know, talk about these ladies. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that caravan or the, the border uh, situation is going to be resolved uh, in the next week. It certainly hasn't for the last 40 years. So I think we have time on that. But go ahead, Kelly. Well, yeah, I just uh, – we're going to – you know, we – show was about Sessions pick, and then we'll go to the borders. But, if someone needs to quit um, opening up the door, we can hear it squeaking. <laughs> go ahead, Kelly. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> there, the best way to drain a swamp is let the American people take their research, take their efforts, and get in front of a grand jury, a federal grand jury. Okay? Now, there's a way to do this. It's 18 U.S.C. 1504. I mentioned this earlier. All right? And this is what that section of code says. You know, well, the first paragraph will scare you about ever trying to talk to a grand jury member. But the last sentence says, nothing in this section shall be construed to prohibit the communication of a request to appear before the grand jury. Now, writing my book and seeing what's going on in the country, under Obama's reign and Eric Holder and Loretta Lynch, it's like, no way, they're going to throw me in jail. And I'll have to spend 100000 just getting out, exercising a right that's been affirmed in the numerous court cases. But under Trump, this might happen. If we have an attorney general that says, you know what, we're going to let the American people petition the grand jury under 18 U.S.C. 1504. We're not going to prosecute. We're not going to intimidate. What does this mean? So some <clears throat> whistleblower in Washington, D.C., or some army person or whoever, okay, FBI, doesn't matter. They see corruption. They stand in the hallway with a letter, with a letter, I wish to appear before the grand jury. They stand in the hallway as the grand jury members are coming in for service. They pass the flyer out, and you just say, you know, you hand out the flyer, which is a request to appear. I have knowledge of a felony, and uh, you hand it out and just say, hey, um, I'll be out in the hallway. I'll be out in the hallway, and, you know, 20 plus grand jury members, you're bound to get it to, t- to 10. Next thing you know, the grand jury is like, okay, let's hear this guy. So we bring him out from the hallway. He gets in front and says, hey, I have this dirt on this politician, on this politician, on this corrupt government agent, on this corrupt government agent. And by the way, the, you know, bam, could you imagine how quickly this drain the swamp when Americans get in front of the grand jury? It all depends upon an attorney general. An attorney general that totally will not intimidate people from exercising the right to petition a grand jury, 18 U.S.C. 1504, happens to be the First Amendment, the right to petition your government, affirmed in Bureau of Duryea versus Gardneria, 2011, Adelie v. Florida, 1966. Yeah, <clears throat> Trump would drain the swamp so swift it would make – well, the American people would actually drain the swamp so quickly by getting this information to a grand jury. And that's the kind of attorney general I would totally support. Not just that he would not um, fetter the access 
or limit the access. He would encourage it. And so, you know, I know a whole bunch of people would be like in front of federal grand juries, left and right, and the swamp would be drained. Now, I know this sounds strange, but Frisbee versus the U.S. In this country, it is for the invest, it is for the grand jury to investigate all matters of crimes from whoever or however they receive the information. Once they're done their investigation, they are to prepare the formal charge. They are to direct the prosecutor to prepare the formal charge or indictment. This has been affirmed over and over. U.S. versus Williams. Justice Scalia wrote that uh, decision. And this is how we can drain the swamp because the Fifth Amendment, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless under presentment or indictment by a grand jury. No presentment nor indictment. You are not to be held accountable. By the way, hey, I Kelly, Ted Kennedy got what? Why doesn't Judicial Watch do that? They have so much information. They have all kinds of proof at their fingertips. Could they not do that? The problem. Here's what happens in law school. They don't teach this. So you're saying that Judicial Watch doesn't school. know what they can do? I've called them, and some peon young punk, oh, I know, you're tampering with the grand jury. I said, no, 1504 right there, last sentence, why don't you read it? Oh, I know everything about the law because I'm an attorney. I went to law school, and you didn't. Dude, I do the research. It's that simple. It's right there. Fifth Amendment, case law, history, 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 going back to like, oh, uh, let's see, 1166, 1215 in England, and it came into our country, 1620, there you go. Or actually, 1635. Yeah, it's like, come on, people. It's like telling a doctor, hey, look, you know, uh, if I take oregano oil, my immune system will boost, and I'll get over this pneumonia. You know, combined with eucalyptus oil, it's I've actually had this happen. And they'll say, oh, that's interesting, but you don't know crap because because you're not a doctor. I, I can't tell you how many attorneys I've talked to, and they don't have a clue about this law. School doesn't teach this. If we were in late 1700s, 1800s, no brainer. Mark Adams, he spoke at a judicial reform conference at Rice University. He said this: If we brought the grand jury back to what it was in 1700s and 1800s, we would clean, we would clean up this country overnight. He's an attorney. He gets it. There's some attorneys that get it. Richard Fry got it. Roger Roots gets it because they did their own studies what they didn't get in law school. It just so happens the grand jury is a business competitor because the grand jury says, you know what, I'm not going to indict this person for this. I'm sorry. Guess what? They don't go to trial. What's that mean? That means the attorneys don't get all sorts of fees from being a trial lawyer, a defense trial lawyer. It's a business competitor. <laughs> it's just mind-blowing. What's been hidden from the American I, people? I hadn't thought named, of it like that, that, but it sure is. Yeah, that's why I named the book The Hidden Fourth Branch, A Corrupt Government's Worst Nightmare. And we, we can talk John Jay, his comments, you know. Any corruptions, you will present them. Judge Goforth, uh, Federal Territory, late 1700s. He said, look, even if Washington is being a problem, present it. It's just like, you know, in this country, it is for the grand jury to investigate all matters of crimes, 
even the U.S. Attorney Manual, it's a U.S. Attorney Manual, the Justice Department, okay, you're prosecuting with the U.S. Attorney Manual. You must recognize the grand jury is an independent body. <laughs> it's like, so what has gone wrong here? We need an attorney general that not only lets people go before the grand jury with all their research, whistleblowers, Linda Moulton Howell, these investigative reporters. We need an attorney general that will promote 18 U.S.C. 1504, that last sentence. There you go. That's what we need for an attorney general. And the swamp will be drained. And we had um, and we had uh, Joe on the line, and we have Mike. Unfortunately, we lost uh, Joe's. Uh, we, unfortunately, we, we lost Joe's. Uh, uh, well, let's bring Susan back in. We lost Joe's line, but we still have Mike on the line. No, no, uh, Mike, we're going to get we're going to get you in soon. Hello. No, no, Joe. Yeah, I'm still here. You haven't lost me. No, Joe, you're, you're Joe Stuff. <laughs> oh, got it. I'm sorry. My apologies. My yeah, apologies. yeah, that, that was yeah, that was Joe. No, we we still have you, Joseph. This was Joe who uh, we did. Um, he called in on Skype, and I guess we uh, we lost a call, unfortunately. Um, but we no do problem. have Mike uh, from Singapore on, and Mike will be bringing you in shortly. Now, go ahead and finish up there, Kelly. We'll go ahead and bring in Mike. Um, and then, yeah, I want to hear from Joe. I, he, he chimed in at the last minute, but uh, I guess we unfortunately it dropped right before, um, you know, he's unable to call back in. So hopefully we'll hear from uh, from Joe uh, next week, and hopefully he's, uh, uh, we'll be listening to the podcast. But, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> go ahead, Kelly, and then we'll bring uh, Mike in. Okay, in the last couple of years, um, there's been two Republican congressmen indicted, one out of New York, one out of Southern California, indicted by a grand jury. One was insider trading. I can't remember the offenses of the other of the other um, congressmen. Republicans, we have a Republican president. We have a Republican, you know, Jeff Sessions. Well, the grand jury did its job. Great. There you go. So it's every – on average – you know, out of our 535 congressmen or less as the years went back to less population, every session of Congress, on average, a grand jury held accountable a congressman. It's a very unique system where the only nation in the world that has this, where the people, everyday people, had the power to investigate a congressman. Why did Nixon go down? Because of the famous Watergate 7 indictment, uh, March, March 5, 1974, and then Nixon resigned in August. This is how powerful our founding fathers from the British history brought into the colonies in the Constitution. This is how powerful we the people have. This is the power we the people have if we can get access to the grand jury. An AG that will do this would be absolutely stunning, and we will drain the swamp. Not Trump, the American people. All Trump has to do is appoint the right person to promote the last sentence, 18 U.S.C. 1504. There you go. And at this time, let's go ahead and bring in our friend Mike uh, from Singapore. Thank you very much, Mike, for holding uh, and coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, pretty good, Robert, my friend, and Suzette, and the rest of the people on the line. First of all, you know, we saw what happened when Donald J. Trump Brought. Oh, I'm making jobs home. Oh, 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 my gosh. 
He gave 15% uh, tax to the corporations. GM closed many offices, uh, many uh, car making offices in uh, USA, plus 50,000 people got the pink receipt bye-bye, and uh, instead they hired robots instead of them. That I did talk about the uh, robots uh, taking over your jobs, I think, before. Uh, anyway, and then uh, Amazon got 15% tax and said, oh, I'm giving my people $15 tax, uh, $15 per hour uh, uh, job. So uh, also he cuts uh, other things for the, his employees and then say, okay, I'll give you $15. That's not the way. And then Amazon is uh, uh, fired 75,000 jobs in USA and said, well, we bring it, replace it by robots. Robots, if it's messed up, we can fix it or put it out of order, bring a new robot, it's cheaper. So you see, that's why we need Yang 2020, uh, Andrew Yang, Y-A-N-G 2020.com. We need Andrew Yang to be our president. The reason because he is going to bring, uh, because of all uh, these things that's happening around the globe, and especially in the United States too, uh, many, many jobs, 50, 60, 70% of jobs will be lost with coming uh, less than five years from now. So in order to go through it, you need universal basic income. I did talk about it uh, a while back ago with you guys. He is the man. He gives 1,000 universal basic income for every uh, American over 18 years old. But some of you, you're working, that's why. Still, you're getting your $1,000 and free education and free medical, uh, I mean, 100% Medicare for everybody. What do you think of that, my friends? Well, well, we'll stop. Uh, we'll start at the top. I'm actually on his uh, website now. I haven't really read much of it. Um, well, because I just yes. got to it. Um, except yes. I did see that yes. he is running as a Democrat. But anyway, so um, yes. let's go ahead and start. So we'll go down the line here uh, on that. We'll start with uh, yourself, Joseph, and then Kavika, and then um, John, if you like, uh, and then yourself, Kelly, and then Cindy, and then uh, well, that's the people down the line, uh, <laughs> and then me. I'm sure I'll have my two cents worth too after uh again i'm gonna while you guys are uh you know gonna you know respond to, to mike uh then i'll uh i'll be you know, looking over this website that just gave us uh the yang2020.com uh but go ahead uh joseph uh we bring you to uh, the fourth view go ahead sir sure sure um i've been called many things all my life because i've always been a very outspoken individual um um, I don't waver in my beliefs and my convictions, and I'm very strong-minded, and it's almost impossible to persuade me otherwise. And that's what makes me unique. That's what makes me who I am. That's how my mother raised me to be. And uh, that's what you have to do to survive in politics. Um, Cindy, welcome back to the show. Pleasure to have you. But um, for people who do know me on a professional and personal level, 
uh, I don't have an ego. Um, I don't consider myself to have an ego. If I did, I probably would have interjected a long time ago, but I kind of found it ironic that I have an ego. But let's let's just validate that claim. Let's say that, you know, you're, you're correct in that, and we'll agree to disagree. Um, the topic uh, is not whether Joe has an ego or not. The topic is, you know, who's going to be the next attorney general, and the focus is on Trump. You see, I didn't run for elected office. I didn't run to be the free leader of the world. And one very scary similarity I see in not all Trump supporters, but in about 50% of them, is they share the same commonalities as what, what they were called the Obamanites. If you dare say anything negative about President Obama, you're a racist, you're not a real liberal, you know, you're this, you're that. We've had enough of that division. It's that ignorance and division that only divided us even further for eight years. Having Amen. that divisively from President Obama. And I find it ironic that now if you dare say anything against President Trump, oh, my God, we're demeaning him and we don't like him personally and we have a vendetta and – We've had enough of that. Enough. That's why the country is in the free fall that it's in. We endured eight years of divisive rhetoric with Obama, and Amen. now we have some supporters of Trump. And if you dare say anything negative about Trump, uh, do they not look in their own mirrors? Because one of the biggest criticisms of the Obamanites was, you dare say anything against Obama, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're not a real liberal. You want, um, you know, uh, kids. Uh, you want uh, mommy and and um, mom and dad to eat out of canned food. Uh, you want to throw granny off the cliff, as Sean Hannity famously said. It's ridiculous. And then you're not a real conservative. You know, enough, enough of that, because that division and that rhetoric is what has led us to today, to where you can't even have a civilized political conversation anymore. And what I love about this show, Robert, and what I'm always going to stay true in, to this nature, to this show, is every day I am on this show, once a week, I am always going to be myself. At the end of the day, I've learned in life, you learn a person's true colors when you least expect it. My true colors are always the way that uh, they have been. Anyone who has ever known me, yes, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, a lot of regrets, but anyone who knows me well knows that I am true to my name. I'm true to my character. And so what I like about this show is Mike has differing views. Kelly has different views. Kavika has different views. But this is probably the only podcast in America that you can actually go on this show and we can have Amen. different views, but we can advance the dialogue in a civilized way instead of coming out and trying to throw the punches because we, we preach tolerance, but yet, you know, we don't practice what we preach. The Republican Party is supposed to be the party of tolerance, but if you're a Trump supporter and you dare say anything negative to Trump, uh, automatically we want to sabotage him. And the same thing that went on for Obama for eight years. So, you know, if for some people, if that's what they need to sleep at night, that's fine. You know, the easiest thing to do is to distort the truth. And the new Democratic Party that Obama hijacked, they do a very good job of distorting the truth. But the big major difference between Republicans and Democrats is the liberals can't handle the truth. 
And for eight years, they did everything to distort the truth, but we fought in the trenches to make sure that the truth was not refuted. Because as hard, as easy as it is to distort the truth, it is impossible to refute the truth. The truth will always be the truth. Amen. If you want to turn the blind eye and a blind cheek, you might as well embrace the Liberal Party. You might as well embrace the party of Barack Obama. But, you know, um, that's where I stand on that. No, I'm sorry. You know, I, I judge President Trump on a professional level. And in the beginning of the show, I even said I don't, have, I don't hold anything personally against him. And everyone who's on this show can attest that I have been very rarely critical of President Trump while I've been on this show. Rarely have I, am I really critical on him. But I did say, leading up into the midterm elections, that the outcome of it, yes, will depend on his leadership. And to bring an example, yes, okay, you brought other precedents of other administrations that lost less seats. But you got to remember, those previous administrations didn't lose seats to the party who now espouses socialism and communism. They didn't lose to a, a candidate in um, Minnesota who is actually one of the first Muslim women elected to Congress named Hihan Omar, who actually wants to challenge the uh, House of Representatives in stating she should be allowed to wear a burqa. And uh, electing Cortez from the 16th District of New York who couldn't even identify yes. the three branches of government. So... What people are not wanting to admit is this is a different Democratic Party. This is a Democratic Party that has never sunk this low in its over 200 years of history, that has never embraced socialism, fascism, and communism as it does today, and that would elect two officials that are, mm-hmm. I would call dumb summer. Yeah, they're, they're so two kind of shocked me the most, to be honest. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you say that you are a successful president, but you lose to this party with no messaging, with no platform, with uh, no true leader of the party, with no direction, a party who lost one of the biggest losses in their, in their history of being a political party? That's what people are not doing. You see, it's so easy to cherry pick what you want. So it can add up to your belief. You see, I'm true in my uh, in my in my colors, and that I don't do that. I call it as I see it, and when I'm wrong, I own it. That's called the person who doesn't have an ego. When a person doesn't have an ego, when I'm wrong, I'm the first to own it, and when I'm right, I'm the first to own it. And if I make a mistake or I unintentionally offend somebody, I'm going to be the first one to say it. And that's people who've known me all my life, people who know me on a personal and professional level. But this divisive rhetoric has to stop on one side. And if we as Republicans don't start leading by example, let me tell you something. 2020 is going to be ugly and it's going to be a mess. Because at the same time, how is the Republican Party ever going to come on board if we have Trump supporters that are going to come and bash other conservatives like myself and say we're not conservatives because we dare to criticize the president. I'm sorry. Last I heard, this is a constitutional republic, and what makes us different from the liberals is 
that we are, are let me, what makes us different from the liberals is that in the end of the day, we are the lesser of the two evils. And at the end of the day, all the liberals have been doing for the past two years has been bashing and demeaning Trump, and I will agree on that, but with no message. Then their whole messaging is just to talk bad about Trump, and yet they won the House. And, but let me tell you something. If, if conservatives continue on this road, and, I, and I'm My friend. Can you let us hold on? Hold on. Well, here's how we're going to do it. We'll have a, we're definitely going to have a you know dialogue here. Uh, you know, get, Joseph will finish off there, and then I know Cindy wants to respond, and then we can bring it back to yourself, Mike, and then we can bring Kavika in because um, he was you know next there. But I know there's you know people want an opportunity to uh, to respond, you know, to comments, and we're, we're certainly open to that here. And I'm still waiting. I mean, and I tell you what, and if this guy begins to, that I'm rated on gets the Democratic nomination, uh, he, he, Trump very well may have a fight on his hand with what this guy's trying to promise people, how he plans on paying for, uh, one of these things I'm reading about. Uh, that's what I'm trying Yank? to find while I'm, I'm reading are, about are you, this. Um, Andrew Yang is the best. Yeah, about the universal. Yeah, about the uni- make- Hold on. Yeah, about the universal okay. ba- yeah. basic income. I'm sure. still looking to see how he plans on paying for it, sure. but I haven't gotten that far back. But let's go yeah. ahead and bring it over yeah, to uh, yourself, big, Joseph. Big, hold on, so we don't talk over each other, guys. Um, yeah, jo- Joseph, finish up, and then Cindy, uh, opportunity to uh, to respond, and then and I know you got something you want to say there. Uh, on that mic, and we'll bring it to you, and then we want to bring Kavika back in as well. But let's go ahead and, and do this in an orderly fashion. Uh, go ahead, uh, you, know, you know, fish that up, uh, Joseph, and then Cindy respond, and then we'll bring uh, Mike in because I, I know it's about Yang and then uh, Kavika uh, to make his comments on there too. We'll go down the line. Go ahead, uh, Joseph. No problem. And I'll be very brief so I can allow everyone the, the opportunity to talk and advance the dialogue. Uh, but if us as the conservatives start towing this line, I'm telling you it's going to lead down to a dangerous, dangerous path of opening up Pandora's box. And at the end of the day, that is the problem. If people want to know one of the main reasons why the Republican Party to this day is not united is because even amongst conservatives such as myself, we're not allowed. To. We're being censored by Trump supporters, not by all. I give plenty of Trump supporters that I know that are the most respectable individuals that, you know, hey, if you disagree with Trump, they don't view it as me trying to rank on Trump. They're like, hey, you're entitled. That's, that's, that's why we differ from liberals. We don't try to censor uh, uh, each other. That's what the liberals are great at doing when, when we, we differ in opinion. You know, we, we don't want to be like the liberals. We want to continue leading by example. And so at the end of the day, I'll just leave it at this point. You know, you can, the Trump supporters can bang the drums and they can criticize uh, us conservatives for having a different view. But you know what? What makes this country beautiful and a constitutional republic is last I heard, we have the freedom of speech. And I'm sorry. At the end of the day, President Trump's legacy, just like Obama's, he's going to be judged by the automatic outcome. Either way you look at it, that is how history will define his success. And he has two years, two years 
to show the American people that, A, he can bring the party together, and B, he can win in 2020. But you know what? If people want to know one of the main reasons why the Republicans are still divided today is because when you talk to 50% of Trump supporters, and I'm being very fair because 50% of Trump supporters I know are nothing like that. When you talk to them, you know what? You're you're allowed to rank on the president. You're allowed to give constructive criticism. You're allowed to state facts. You're allowed to give opinions as long as you're not distorting the truth. And one thing I'm proud of, I don't distort the truth. And I'll leave it at that. And and thank you very much, Robert. Go ahead, Cindy. I would like and then, to respond uh, to that. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. But I think we should. Okay. Oh, Mike, well, I... Mike, hold on. Let's uh, let let Cindy respond because she was addressed. And then we'll 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 okay. we'll bring in Mike, and then we'll bring Kavika in. But let's go ahead because that's one okay. thing for for the new folks here. We de- we definitely appreciate new folks being here. We always want to bring new folks on, uh, you know, and grow. Uh, but one thing that always drives me crazy when I watch pol- political shows and things of that nature is when people talk over each other. I I can't stand it, and it's I, I don't have a lot of rules here, uh, but that's one of them. No f bombs. And no talking over people are probably my only two roles here. <laughs> so that's the two things we have. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Cindy. Well, first of all, I'm amazed that of all of that that I had to say a little earlier, the only thing Joseph heard was that I said he has an ego too. And that just seems kind of strange to me. But And if you'll go back and listen to the podcast, Joseph, I said that you and about every other guy has an ego. And that's from our point of view, the women's point of view. Um, It's very difficult to get into a guy's world and get any respect because they think so highly of themselves. But what I was actually trying to say about that was not that you have an ego and I don't like that. I was trying to tell you that I like that about Trump that he has an ego I'm happy that he's like that because I am tired of the GOP people always attacking each other about everything the Democrats they never say anything about anybody in their own party and they get away with all kinds of crap because they don't check their own people I like it that the GOP checks its own people when it comes to policy. But when we start getting into the personal attack thing, that's a personal issue that Trump has an ego. And if people have a personal issue with that, I have a personal issue with them. That's all I was trying to say. And because policy is what I'm looking for. And if people cannot get past Trump's personality and support his policy because that's how they feel, then something is really wrong. So the bashing that's going on and with the, Repu- the Democrats against the Republicans doesn't need to be happening between Republicans and Republicans, and that's exactly what they're doing when they start bashing Trump. When Republicans bash Trump, they're bashing their own people, and it's a personal bashing. Nobody needs to hear that. I don't like hearing that anyway. I was one of the very many people, well, probably the few people. I when when Rush Limbaugh would start bashing Chelsea Clinton, I would I would turn him off. That is just not proper 
to bash the family, um, personal issues, looks, anything like that. It's not necessary. It's not necessary to come up and say Trump has an ego because it doesn't really matter if he has an ego. The only thing that matters to me is that that means he's not going to bend over and let somebody kick him in the butt. He's keeping his, his, his strength, his confidence, and I like that. And I, and I, I think it's a pessimistic attitude when people start talking about how, you know, you can't, you got to allow everybody to say this or say that. And then the Democrats can't say that or say this. It's like a, I don't know, you should go back and listen to the podcast about what you just said. Joseph, it sounded kind of contradictory because you sounded really pessimistic to me and uh, and kept saying the same thing over and over again. And I don't know. The, Ryan was the leadership in the House anyway. What happened in the House was totally Ryan's fault. There, There was no... I don't know how anybody can blame Trump for what Ryan refused to do. He had a majority in the Congress, and he didn't get it done. And it's because he had a personal issue with Trump. Why did he get things done with McConnell? Because McConnell was the same kind. So why did he get stuff done with McConnell and not with Ryan? Well, I don't know. It may have something to do with the fact that McConnell's wife was given a, a position in a cabinet, Secretary of Labor, I don't know, but maybe Ryan just refused to deal with Trump. Maybe he was so stubborn that he just refused to deal with Trump. And Trump she couldn't give him anything. She was Secretary of Transportation, Cindy. Well, I'm sorry, Transportation. She was Secretary of Labor under Bush. So anyway, <clears throat> anyway, um, I, I I just can't I, I find it hard to believe that out of all I said before you you came up with something about your ego and I don't even re- hardly remember saying that other than I said all men have an ego so I don't know why any man would criticize another man for having an ego that's all I meant by it <laughs> and I meant to say I like it that he has an ego so that's I'm sorry um, but hey <laughs> May yeah. may I just rebut just for well, one I, second? I, and I, I, and, I and also, well, well, also one more thing, Joseph. Real, I thought real, it was real, kind real of impolite. Quick. I thought it was kind of impolite where you said all that about you and your ego, rather than answer Mike's question, which was what do you think about his issues. So I, I think that was where the subject should have gone, and and you you, you had to come at me. I okay. don't get it. Okay. So, no, so, no so in, in, in our well, well, hold on a second. I'm trying to keep things in in order here in line, um, uh, Kelly. So, real, real quick, though, I mean, other folks want to get in here. So, uh, and, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, fair here. Is that real quick, Kelly? Uh, Joseph can, you know, I know we get get Mike. I know Mike wants to talk on a specific topic, I believe. Um, is you know real quick, Joseph, and then and then Kelly, and then I do want to bring in Mike so you can uh, bring in your I think uh, again your topic probably about the IBU or, or perhaps this this guy I'm reading about, and then we def- I definitely want to bring Kavik in. We got John, um, you know, so I want to be able to you know get. And we are kind of um, 
not, we have some time, but we are almost to the bottom of the hour already. But these are good conversations to have. They're saying that we need to, you know, as conservatives, all, all of us, rem- you know, remembering we're all on the same side here. We definitely have our differences, but we're, we are all, all are on the, the same side. But go ahead, Joseph. And then, uh, Kelly, I know you want to make a comment, and then let's bring in Mike and his and, uh, you know, topic, and then hopefully we can, you know, bring Kavika and John back in so we can uh, finish, you know, this part of the conversation. Perhaps we'll cover the other topics we're going to tonight. Another night, depending on, you know, the news cycle, right? Uh, go ahead, uh, Joseph. I'll be very brief. First of all, Mike knows the respect I have for him because I've been on the show, uh, almost, you know, on a very common basis and when people have disagreed with Mike, uh, you know, I was one of the first people to come and say, you know, hey, you know, we may disagree, but let's all do this in a civil manner. So Mike, Mike understands that I'm not cutting him off. And I'm not going to make this personally about myself. I'm not because I listened to everything Cindy said, but at the same time, Cindy did not listen to a word that I said. And, and, and that's totally fine because my intention is not to hijack the show. But just to give a little perspective, Cindy and I used to be panelists on these shows two years ago, way back, uh, when most of the listeners on this show didn't uh, uh, chime in. And Cindy never agreed with my choice in candidates who I supported. And that's fine. So whatever personal feelings that she still has, obviously she has interjected it in the show. At least that's how I have taken it. Because let me tell you something, I've been on this show, Robert, for months, and I've never had anyone, um, you know, say anything negative about me or accuse me of any wrongdoings or anything whatsoever. So what a world of a difference when, you know, history comes back. And that's all I'm going to say because, you know, I want to respect everyone on the show and uh, allow everyone to speak. And, you know, at the end of the day, People can say what they want from dusk to dawn. Like I said, it doesn't bother me one bit. People have been trying to get under my skin for years. You know why I'm very successful as a campaigner is because I don't let people get under my skin. I don't let them push my buttons. They can try. Many have tried, but they have failed because I conduct myself in a very civilized manner. I conduct myself in a respectable manner, and I don't distort the truth, and I don't try to interject my personal feelings that I have. And out of all the people and and candidates, including Newt Gingrich, who Cindy has for many years espoused that she endears and loves, I never bashed who she decided to endear or support. I never did that with Cindy. I differed in my opinion, and and I validated it with facts, but I never did that. You see, that's the difference between me and other people. You see, I respect other people's opinions, and I do it with my actions. And I'll leave it with one more thing to say, to stereotype men and assume that all men have egos. Again, haven't we had enough of identity politics, gender politics? I'm tired of it. I am so tired of it. And, you know, I hope that people can just put their personal feelings aside and just move beyond that so we can get our country back and going again. And thank you, Robert, for allowing me the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, Mike, you know I would never do anything to cut you off, but I did feel that it was very important for me to uh, clarify that, especially when someone is invoking your name or alleging something that I feel is not the truth. Uh, I feel that I have the right to defend it. But the difference is 
I always do it with civility. I always do it with professionalism. And I don't make it look ugly because it doesn't have to be that way. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's definitely one. These are definitely probably one of those shows. I wish I had a fourth hour, but unfortunately, we well uh, we don't. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to uh, Kelly. You want to eject and Mike, and then you know maybe we could come back if we get we've had that hash out again. I reiterate, you know we're all you know we're all on the same team here. Uh, you know I think we you know. You know, we all do our, our, our best to be respectful to everyone. I, I know sometimes I have to interject and kind of uh, coach. I don't know even what phrase to do. Monitor, or maybe that's the right word. Or uh, I, I know that the words are the tip of my tongue. But anyway, I'm not even going to try to figure out what that is uh, right now. Let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget about me? Well, well Cindy, uh, I have to I have to admit that uh, – Men have egos. It's Suzette. Was it Suzette who said that? I think Suzette. But yeah. she had a different name every well, every month, every every show. Well, no, okay. no, no. It, it sounded like Cindy. It sounded no, like we got two different. We got yeah, different women. Okay. We got a couple different women in here. Uh, Mike, go ahead, Kelly. Oh, okay. Okay, so as men, I mean, okay, I'll, I will, I, I will apologize to women on the behalf of the men of the world. And yes, we, we have egos. Yeah, yes, we hurt people. Yes, we have egos, and I'm so I'm so terribly sorry, on behalf of mankind that, or the man, half of mankind. Um, yeah, we have these chronic egos. You know, hey, look at me, look at me, worship me, worship me. You know, it's all hubris pride, and we make mistakes and we hurt people. Yeah, we have ego problems. Yes, sometimes we have drive, which can be very good, but at the same time, I have to tell you about a book idea I've had. And, of course, always women laugh at this book idea. And the book is called, in this episode of He Said Something Stupid. I'm waiting for women to get your book, Kelly. laughing. <laughs> in this episode of He Said Something Stupid. So we we have this drive. Oh, my gosh, these men have these chronic drives. Oh, I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to do this and this. And they're like a bowl a bull, a bull, B-U-L-L, like Red Bull. We're like a bull in the China closet to accomplish this supposed good for people, but then we trample all over people, and that's why we need a woman to temper us, a woman to give us advice, input, ideas, because they pull us down from the clouds as we, we're charging forward and we're hurting people. And so I, I, just, I just thought that that's probably the, the best way to name a book. And I probably just on the cover, I'd make a million dollar, million sales um, in this episode if he said something stupid. <laughs> so yeah, we have we have ego problems because we're so freaking driven. I mean, World War One, World War II, you know, World War One. Okay, the trenches. You know, some commander has an ego, and uh, he convinces a bunch of men to like go out there and get in front of the machine gun and freaking die. It's like there's some disconnect in our brain from our ego thinking we can do stupid things that we're, you know, when we, uh, sorry, it's just, yes, us guys are plagued with well, this. Well, yes, I'll tell you we, what, I mean, when I tell you what on that, I read an article, um, I, I've been trying to keep up on Mars, and, you know, and the happenings with that, and then, then we'll bring in Mike, uh, but there's this lady, man, just blasting on, 
you know, uh, uh, you know, us wanting to to colonize, you know, go to Mars, colonize Mars, and oh, it's patriarchy. You were ruining our planet, and now we want to ruin another planet, and it's all because of maleness and bullshit. Shouldn't say maleness, but that's what she meant. Oh my gosh, I, I thought about reading her article on the show and commentating on it because it was just like she she was an obvious male hater. Now, no, neither one of the ladies and none of the ladies that come on the show are remotely male haters. Uh, on here, I mean, so we don't we, we don't have anything like that, even near hey, anything Robert, like that Robert, uh, here Robert. on the show. This is, this is the funny part about that, okay? This is the funny part. My comment that men all have egos, and I like it that Trump has an ego, was totally intended to be a compliment because I don't like too. men. I don't like sissy men who don't stand up for themselves. I don't like yes men. I like a guy egotistical and knows his mind and what he feels like. I, right. I, I don't and understand I know, how this guy to where I, I have a problem with Mussolini. Mussolini was ego too. He killed thousands of uh, Iranian people in Iran. Uh, Mussolini. Uh, killed so many people in Europe. I mean, uh, he was an egoist too. And uh, Pinochet, USA, we never become Pinochet. That's the one of the slogans will be for the people of USA. USA will never become. Never uh, become Pinochet. what? Pinochet. Never become what? Well, Pinochet. I mean, to make it, to make here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to interject here, and you know how rarely I do this. Okay, and we're we're, we're not going to go down that road. Uh, we're not going to go down that road. I'm not I'm not going to have it where people. Are, you, know, uh, you Trump is not going to be anywhere near, you know, Pinochet. He's not going to be anywhere near Hitler. He's not going to be anywhere near Stalin. I mean, those type of. Uh, I, as I said, there's not much I don't allow on the show, uh, but that kind of stuff I'm not going to. No, we're not even going to entertain those notions. We're not going to entertain those. You know, things here. I won't even. I won't even talk about it. I won't even try to say no. That's not the case because I'm just not going to allow that kind of stuff on the show. There's not much I won't allow here. But comparison, comparing Trump to Hitler or Pinochet or or any of these dictators who've who, who've done mass murders. Because let, let let let's be honest. There's not. And I, and I had a. a, a I, I, I and I don't do this very often either. I don't often unfriend people on Facebook. I don't often do it. I couldn't tell you how many people have actually done that. But for a while, I had this liberal female friend who, frankly, I dated a little bit. Not, I mean, years ago, I dated her. Um, and so we may, remained friends on Facebook. And she's this bleeding heart liberal. I mean, uh, an emotional liberal, um, you know, on there. You know, you, you, I really couldn't talk reason to her because she was, just, she was consumed by hate and fear of Donald Trump. And she just kept on thinking that there, there's going to be some type of, you know, like, you know, modern day American uh, led by Trump Holocaust, you know, something, you know, surrounding the, the Latinos in this country or whatever. Uh, total bunk. So there, there, it's, here's the thing. It's not going to happen. It hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. We're not going to have an American Holocaust against Latinos and Latinas and blah, blah, blah. So we're not even going to entertain that. We're not going to bring that up. 
Uh, Mike, you know, I hope you don't bring anything like that up because that's why, again, okay. there's okay. very few things okay. that will no, allow that will be it. I know I'm repeating myself. Uh, that ego Go is ahead. good. Ego is good. Ego. I like a man with the ego. And if you don't have ego, I will. you will not be even called my boyfriend or my future husband, etc. I said, yes, uh, every, those people also have ego. I mean, Ch- Charles uh, uh, Manson had ego too. You know, but so 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 that's for that part. Okay, we 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 are in the same page right now. Let me talk about the future of United States of America. You know, United States of America is going to be one of the darkest uh, uh, years that never witnessed before the uh, year 2020 or 2020 election time. It will be one of the, the super dark darkness because people don't respect each other anymore people they uh, if you're a democrat uh, if your neighbor is a trump supporter you don't talk to each other you put your back against each others you know and so on because just being a democrat or a trump supporter you are already divided the nation, and a divided nation cannot stand by itself. And we have seen it in many, many other countries that it went through the age of darkness, France, and then later on, then they got the freedom back and came a democracy that you see right now in France. I mean, the fuel taxes went up, people went into the street, uh, fire. And and uh, they have their own, uh, you know, uh, can, uh, people that really stand for democracy. He says, no, we don't want the fuel tax goes up that much. No more fuel tax goes up. And uh, because Macron, Macron, he takes uh, uh, more things from the people. So uh, what happened? He said he's not going to do it, but I'm sure uh, he's not going to do it. Uh, because if he do it, there will be more uh, darkness come to Paris. We saw two days and three days at least, minimum, uh, Paris was burning. If we want United States to be like that, then, uh, you know, we keep doing what we are doing. And if we don't want that to happen, we have, who give a damn, you are the, 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 the Trump supporters, so what? Or Democrat supporter, or uh, uh, that lady from New York, socialist Democrat, or the other uh, two Muslim women who became, uh, one is Somalian, one is uh, Iraqi, from Detroit. I mean, uh, well, I mean, if we want uh, to keep looking for problems, problems will always there. And, you know, let's see, you know, this uh, caravan or whatever the name changes all the time. I don't know if I call them caravan, I call them refugees, or I call them invaders. If we don't have any more uh, new world by next 24 hours. So uh, these people come. And then uh, uh, we see that there is uh, uh, tear gas, uh, these people, 
that's taken over thousands of miles, and etc. I mean, we are a, con- a country of compassionate. We are con- a country of uh, immigrants. Every one of us, uh, dad came from somewhere uh, in the world. We are all immigrants. So we have to have a better heart for the people. I mean, yes, we can process them legally. I mean, uh, uh, and give them some place uh, while they're waiting for their asylum. Asylum goes through then, you know, we process them, we bring them and uh, nourish them, and they become one of the, our uh, future U- U.S. citizens. And um, anyway, these jobs that uh, America is not doing, they are going to do those jobs. Your, your, your. Uh, well, uh, I, I know a lot of Americans that are really your wanting a job. Your really wanting a Real quick, Mike, wrap that up real quick because we do have limited time, and I do want to be able to get uh, Kavika and uh, Suzette back in before I have to close things out. Again, you know, I wish we did have uh, another hour uh, tonight because even though um, I'm sure know, some yeah. of us have to get that's, up early that's, in the morning, we probably but, could fill it. But any or to stay up to do it. So finish your, yeah, hold on. Don't talk over me. Dang it, I have to mute somebody's mic. Let me. Let me finish. Don't talk over me. I, I don't like that. Um, I don't like anybody being talked over, you know. I, I, every once in a while I have to to try to keep law and order here. We're a nation of laws now. <laughs> but anyway, um, if, if finish the thought, and then I do want to bring Kavik in. I do want to bring in that. We only got about ten minutes, literally, before I have to shut things off. We could definitely continue some of these discussions uh, next week. I plan on uh, being on. I'm sure there will be something other uh, coming up, too, for us to – uh, yeah. Be discussing, uh, but go ahead and finish that thought, and then I want to bring Kavik into the. Okay, uh, okay. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Robert. Anyway, uh, Yang2020.com. Please go to Andrew. Uh, uh, his name is Andrew Yang, and he's going to be the Democrat president for 2020. So we hope that you know you read all of his uh, agenda, and you like it. Be part of it, please. That's it. Thank I mean, you. It, 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 it's been making for an interesting read. I could see where a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind having another $12,000 in my, you know, of income a year. Um, I know I don't know how they plan on taxing a, a, that $1,000 per month. Is that pre-tax? Then you is it, is it post-tax? Or, there, my friend, um, there's a video there. <laughs> there's, there's a video there. He will tell you how. Well, and, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll read more. I mean, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'll yeah, read more and see. Who knows? Maybe I'll reach out to him and have him on the show. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, no, yeah, seriously. I mean, it would be interesting too. to hear him. Come on. But anyway, I do want to get Kavika and Suzette, and Suzette in, so let's go ahead and bring them in. Yeah, Unfortunately, we, we got limited time now. I mean, th- I tell you, three hours. This is probably the, the – I don't want to say the, the best is three hours because that's what Rush says. So I don't want to you know, be taking anything that anybody else says. I'd rather us be, us be unique here. Right, um, and so let's go ahead and um, uh, and bring in uh, Kavika. Uh, you know, a couple minutes there, and then also with uh, you, Suzette. And then, unfortunately, uh, I'll have to shut things down for the night. I really wish we had more time uh, this evening. I wish I could do you know, more shows in a week, but uh, unfortunately, at this point in my life, I, I can't. But anyway, let's go ahead, uh, Kavika. 
Uh, go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, uh, first, yeah, I'd like to say uh, Joe's 100% right. We have to hold our leaders accountable. And the reason why I am a Republican is because I'm not afraid to hold my leaders accountable. When I was a Democrat, we, they never, we never held our leaders accountable. We thought they were gods. They, they could do whatever they want. And as a Republican, I'm, I'm more proud that I hold Trump accountable. Listen, I've, I'm his biggest supporter, and you can ask my friends, you can ask my family, you can ask my girlfriend. I'm his biggest supporter. I think he's going to win in a landslide in 2020. However, I'm highly I, – I disagree with him on some stuff, and I, I hope to God he vetoes this bill, that he holds his promise and he vetoes this bill. If not, you know, I'll be very, very disappointed. Almost to the point where, you know, like, should I vote for him or should I not? Should I just vote for a third-party candidate? And the second thing is, when he's talking about General Motors, let it fail. It is a private entity, and I'm tired of my tax dollars subsidizing businesses. If a business fails, let it fail. So that's it on that. You know, I heard some great things uh, tonight as well, you know. But uh, most importantly is accountability. And, you know, in a constitutional republic, we hold our leaders accountable. Reagan held himself accountable when he said when he left office, we have deficits, and I hold, and, you know, and I'm to blame for that. And today we don't see that. And I really hope that the president, you know, he has, you know, as you want. Uh, Suzette, Sorry I think that. next is Suzette. Yeah, as, Suzette you, say, as, as you want. No, no, okay. But what I'm saying is, is that we have to hold everyone accountable. That's what a true constitutional republic that practices indirect democracy. And, you know, and uh, to answer Mike's question about the uh, the border and anything, no, we don't have to have any compassion for anybody who wants to invade our borders. This country is not a country of immigrants. It is a country of law and order. It was a country founded by people who braved the unknown. And granted, we do follow the law of Anglo-Saxon law, which is based who on the which I value more oh, than anything else. Don't talk that. over, Mike. Okay, that is what makes this country so amazing is because we have those values. And to quote Dennis Prager, what he said so perfectly, when Jewish and Judeo-Christian values leave a society, the unimaginable can take place. Hence, South Africa, uh, uh, Nazi Europe, fascist Nazi Germany, brutality with uh, Franco and Spain. What happened? Jews and Christians fled. So the unimaginable happened. Those same values of Judeo-Christian values, which we follow by Anglo-Saxon law, is what makes this country great. And back to you. Okay, let's go ahead and bring it up, Suzanne. Also, well, we'd like to give John, a, you know, hopefully we could get a, a couple minutes for John as well as so we close things up. Uh, go ahead, Suzanne. Suzette, please go. Uh, so that's see her on the call. Okay, you might well, be um, muted. Yeah, is that, is you might be muted mic to that, or one, two, yeah, maybe three. Maybe she had to walk uh, away Suzette. for a little bit. So, uh, Suzette, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, you can chime in uh, when you like. Go ahead. We'll bring it over to you, John, uh, and then uh, Suzette. She, you know. We've got a couple minutes here. Um, yeah, 10 minutes. And then we'll keep bring her in. Go, go, ahead. Ahead. Go, go ahead, John. Yeah, well, I just want to thank you for your hard work herding cats this evening. I want to um, just tell everybody how appreciative I am to hear from everybody back on the show again. I definitely haven't heard from Cindy and uh, Susan for a while, but it's always good to hear those voices again. And definitely want to put a shout-out for Bianchi and Nas and 
you know, David and uh, Joe was on for a brief moment, and I just dropped out. And then Gene and Dr. Tolbert and Sally and Karen. I mean, everybody tell your friends and family and your neighbors all about the show to come back next week, and we'll just continue to work on our civility and grow as human beings and love each other the best way we can and still um, share our differences, and hopefully we'll grow together and be able to make this country great. I yield the floor. Thank you, Rob. And you know what? I don't say this very often. uh, I don't say this very often, John, But uh, and I hope you don't take any offense to this, but that was beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> hey, As a man, I, I got to hear I what you say is beautiful, but but that was, that I was very nice. Thank you. Something. I have to rescind so one that, of my uh, my comment. Not all yeah, guys yeah. have ego, because John is one of those guys that I have not seen ego come out in him at all. So, John, <laughs> I congratulate you, buddy. <laughs> You're a great guy. I love you. <laughs> Do we got Suzette back? Uh, Will we get your mic there going, Suzette, or your phone? Or uh, Suzette Hello. is calling from under. Uh, Suzette is calling from the down uh, underground, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I guess I'll it's have to uh, just take over there myself. It's, it's definitely uh, I have to close things out, unfortunately, soon anyway. Um, but I tell you what, uh, I, you know, definitely substantive show. Um, passionate shows <laughs> for certain. Uh, know, it's just know, good to, to have that, even though we, we try to base Thank things on logic here, right, folks? Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, def- of course, I do appreciate everyone's view. Mm-hmm. We always like to get more. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, I had so many people who made comments uh, about the AG pick uh, on Facebook too that I just wasn't able to get to, and I, you know, had a plethora of. Uh, you know, of articles too. I would like would like to get in, but you know, we don't seem to ever get to those. But that's okay. I'd rather, uh, you know, hear from uh, all you folks out there than you know me uh, going over some articles for us to comment on. Um, it definitely uh, shows that we can have uh, you know lively debates, even some uh, disagreements or and, you know things of that nature. But as John is so eloquently uh, put, is that you know we're we're all here together, folks, and you know we do want to see, and I, and I truly believe this about everyone. Uh, who was on this call tonight uh, that, you know, we do want to see uh, America be great again, right? I think we all, um, you know, want to see that. We just have uh, different, slightly uh, different opinions on how, or at least how it's, uh, you know, angled on getting there, whether, um, you know, as we pointed out tonight, you know, who we think may have been the, the reason or the cause or the root cause of, of the Republicans losing, which, you know, as I said earlier, I, I, I'm i not surprised that it happened just because it always seems to happen that way. I think it's crap, and I agree with a lot of the points that uh, you make, John, which is like how in this environment when they have nothing to offer and they don't, um, then uh, how, how can they win? And I think there's a lot of fault to be on a lot of, uh, you know, falling on a lot of shoulders for that one, and again, mainly the American people. But one thing I want us to make sure uh, that, you know, we do uh, be mindful of, you know, we are all uh, on the same team. And, and again, I'll reiterate, I do feel like, uh, you know, everyone on this call, you know, definitely does have uh, the best of the United States and uh, her people, uh, you know, in the first of our, you know, foremost of our thoughts. And uh, even if we disagree with some things, such as this guy I'm reading about, uh, Mr. Andrew Yang, 
Um, <laughs> seems, uh, definitely, it, definitely interesting. And who knows? Maybe I'll reach out and uh, and have him on the show just to, to hear some things. Uh, you know, it'd be an interesting interview uh, in the least. But I do see the time. Um, so that is the time I have to close things off. So I want to uh, do that by, of course, taking everyone on the call. And definitely, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll welcome people back uh, next time. And so what I've got to do is i got to close out tonight, uh, as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Thanks again, folks. It was great uh, having Thank everyone you, on. I hope That's to hear show. everyone Thank back. You, Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, John. Uh, and you guys other, have a good night. Man. All of you. Thank you. You too, man. God bless you. Well, folks, I don't know what's going on. I don't hear the uh, the closing music, so it must be a little, uh, little glitch there. Sorry about that, but um, hopefully, uh, we will see you next time. Good night. Night. Yeah, it's uh, not doing my normal shutdown. It's interesting. It's even two uh, uh, two minutes into it. Take care.